internet. It's the 9th of February 2021 and this is the Game Engine Start Podcast. My name is Ewan. My name is Calum. We're back again. I almost forgot what our name there for a second. Right? Uh-huh. We have, we have. I saw it approaching me like a, I saw it approaching <laughs> me like a train and I was like, I'm going to have to speak at some point and I don't think I've said my name in <laughs> a very remember. long time. How, how do we start this again? It's been, what, yeah. a month and a half? Yeah. Um, so yeah, we took January off, um, and we're we're back with this, and theoretically a bunch of game of the year stuff later, on, later this month. Or theoretically, oh, so Yoon tells me that it's going to happen, but yeah, like it, we're at the stage where it's like everything just needs rendered and uploaded, and it's all good. But like those steps in between are like ninety percent of the time work pretty flawlessly, yeah. and then ten percent of the time it's like, why is there no sound? Um, so we'll see what um, that's, it's an audio medium how is there no, I don't want to when it's, when it's the video doesn't matter it's a nightmare what um, video why is there video <laughs> because it's the YouTube we had this conversation like, oh, multiple times right, yes sorry I yeah I'm terrible at running a website because I just forget that we're doing things we do things just, yeah I know yeah. it's fine um, but hey I've learned a lot about how to make fucking oh Jesus yeah okay doesn't matter it's not, it's not worth getting into that's yeah, yeah, it's not worth getting to. But we're back, um, which makes this kind of complicated because we have a month and a half of games to talk about. Well, I do because I've yeah. been playing some stuff. Um, so the stuff I'm not going to talk about right now, either because I'm not done with it or because there's not really a lot to talk about. Um, Hitman Three came out. That is mm-hmm. some more Hitman. Um, it's good Hitman. It's slightly strange Hitman, but it's still Hitman. Um, they pay that story off pretty well, and those levels are those new levels are fun, except for maybe one that I'll talk about some other point when people are less worried yeah. about spoilers. Um, the system, the 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 content transfer system, like their hey get Hitman two into Hitman three, is a walking nightmare. Even when it's oh, working. Yeah. Um, I watched someone try and do that live, and it was not easy or good, or like yeah. it didn't look like it was working particularly well. Like I mean, that, that, it didn't even seem like I don't know if it was a poorly designed system or the system was broken, but it was both. As it, it turns just out, did not work. Both, yeah, okay. as it turns out. Um, so I was doing it on PlayStation, um, on PS5, and so for one thing, the content transfer is like uh, family only. So like PlayStation, PlayStation, or pc to pc or whatever um which yeah. makes sense for business reasons but it's still kind of shit sure, yeah um so i had to get one into three and it took multiple steps of like why am i still uh, like multiple steps at which point each step could potentially cost me upwards of 40 quids to because i accidentally yeah. buy it again um Is it, whole- it was the, from what i saw it was a lot of like uh linking accounts and then accounts not seeing each other and yep. then eventually like having to hit multiple things on a menu but at every opportunity there's a button you could hit that would just open the PS store and make you try and spend the money yeah. and like so it like was, so it's, it's weird I can't remember the name what's the name of the thing that websites do where it's like you're trying to cancel something and they like they like try and throw you off to stop you canceling it like that's oh, the dark patterns like dark, dark patterns that's the one right. it's kind of like that yes so, because we saw that and we saw that in real time when we were trying to watch WrestleMania and then cancel yeah. a WWE Network subscription. Yeah, that is a nightmare. That is that is properly bad. I'll but, bet. Yeah, but, but so specifically for this, like, it should be easier on console because, like, PlayStation, you have one PlayStation account. It has registered everything you've ever bought. Yeah, Theoretically, I should put this game up and go. Ah, you already bought Hitman One. This should all just work. Like, no, 
you have to... Nope. So, my entire process, very short, quickly, was build up Hitman 3 first time to make sure it worked. Uh, see see that I hadn't just automatically done it. It's like, okay, cool. What do I need to do? Uh, Hitman 1 has... The, the, bleh, they have things called access passes, which is the thing in the store that's like, hey, if you previously own, if you want to buy Hitman Two, rather than just buying Hitman Two, you can buy this access pass, which gives you access to all the content without having to actually go and buy the game. Access pass for Hitman One was thirty quid, whatever it was, in this store. It's like, cool, that's not triggered. Okay, fine. What do I need to do? I needed to download Hitman One again. Completely. Right. Onto my PlayStation. Right. Boot Hitman sure. 1 up. Because I bought Hitman 1 at launch with all six like DLC packs, that's yeah. not the Game of the Year edition. So I needed to buy the Game of the Year Upgrade Edition, which is free, but I had to still go through the PlayStation <laughs> Store and buy that. Once I'd bought that, okay. once I'd bought that, I exited Hitman 1, booted up Hitman 3, it crashed, reloaded Hitman 3, uh, at that it, point, it crashed because you installed a different game on your no, it, PlayStation. It just, that game has crashed like three times on me on PS5. It's ah, okay, weird. right. Um, boot that game up again. Went to the in-game store, which was like, "Hey, here's the Hitman One access pass." It doesn't, and then you click on it, and that takes you to the PlayStation Store, and the access pass for one is now free, and you can download it there. And then once you do that, it then goes, here's downloading seven things, and it downloads all the content and then goes. Oh, jeez. The problem is, if you don't do it through the, the the in-game store, which links out to the PlayStation store, it yeah. can't tell that you've already bought those games. So you just go to the PlayStation 1 store, PlayStation store and go, Hitman 3, Hitman 1 access pass, it's still 40 quid, even though I've done all the other stuff. Um... So you have to do it th- yeah. weird. Okay. So that was one thing, and then a mate of mine. I don't understand how we can't just look at what's on your PlayStation and realize that it's all there. Right. Like that, is, that seems yeah. like the thing. So my mate had an even worse problem because he was going uh, Steam to Epic for Hitman Three, right? Which oh, is no. a whole other thing. Bad. Yeah. Which is like you've got to sign in on both and then have your account sync. But also on PC, you can't get two yet because business reasons. So like one is free, but only if you buy this particular pack and you have to do this weird thing to get. It's a fucking nightmare. And that's all that's ignoring all of the the progression transfer stuff, which is the whole other. Oh, is that separate? That's separate. Yeah, that's the stuff you all have to do through the website that was completely broken for like two days worth of launch. Um, Jeez, uh-huh. and also it only works for two like you can't transfer your one progress it's ugh, the whole thing's a nightmare Weird. Okay. but once you get all of that together that game's real good um, but does that does that not mean that you could transfer your progress from one by doing one in two because yes. one was in two yes okay, so if yeah. you've transferred one into two and have one progression in two that works that's but fine be- okay. but because I was on PlayStation and I bought two on PC I couldn't take my one progress from PlayStation into three because I didn't have two in the middle. Yeah. <sighs> Fuck. Like the DL- the DLC one and like the owning of games, I can see it's shitty, but I can see it from a business reason. The progression thing makes no fucking sense. Like that's, yeah, that like, doesn't make any sense. Especially when you have an account that you've signed into. For I was gonna say, surely that's all tied to your Squeenix account or whatever. Right? IO account. That's, yeah. IO like, account, whatever it is. Like Wild. But anyway, that game's pretty good. There's not really a lot to say except that they pay off that story and those levels are yeah. pretty fun. So there's that. 
Um, I started playing the Medium, which is the the adventure horror game from. You really, you really want to say the Akira Yamaoka game? Yeah, I kind of. Yeah, from uh, Blooper Team, um, and it's them. They yeah, I've described it to people as they went, oh fuck it, and just made a Silent Hill. Um, yeah, they kind of made a, a, Silent- a Polish Silent Hill game. Yeah, they kind of made a Silent Hill. Um, there's some stuff that I need to. I can't talk about it because I need to finish that game because. That game took a turn that might be mm. great and might solve mm. a bunch of the problems I've had with it so far, but sure. um, I need to I need to see the end of that game. But the first thing I actually do want to talk about though is, uh, let me get the title right: Immortals Phoenix Rising. Right. Oh yeah, Immortals Phoenix Rising. Yes. Game. yes. So that game is fascinating in a bunch of different ways. So. I picked it up because once we've done the Game of the Year stuff, I was like, cool, I have anything more to play and there's not really much coming out. So what am I going to pick up? And then the January sale or the Christmas end of year sale for PSN was on and I got that game for 30 quid, 32 or something like that. I was like, hey, yeah. this sounds like a thing that I want to try out. So Immortals Phoenix Rising is the kind of... Imagine if you took a Ubisoft open world game and like put it on Simmer put it in like a like a slow cooker for four hours until it really reduces down and um, is kind so of it's the, what, it's the essence of running up the, towers and yes so like, there are so that like in that entire game there are only four to- f- five towers um, oh wow yes that's, like that's really decidedly smaller amount of towers than normal that's yeah so like the interesting thing good. the interesting thing about that game um a lot of the stuff coming a lot of the the opinion coming into it was like hey ubisoft did a breath of the wild and yeah it's that's what it looks like. You can't blame people for to- oh, thinking totally. that. So to be clear, like that game does not exist without Breath of the Wild. Like mm-hmm. it is heavily inspired, might even be undercutting it slightly. Like to the point where you start that game on an island and have to get a glider to get to the main island. Like that kind of level of oh wow okay like that's there. There are they're not called temples, but there's basically like the equivalent of the the shrines all over that place where you you go into them and then you go underground to a world that looks slightly different from the rest of the world to do challenges. Um, there is... And it kind of has a... It has a look that is... It's weird, right? Because like, people talk about what the Breath of the Wild look looks like and it's weird because that game is like super low resolution anyway. Uh, yeah. It has like, kind of muddy in points. I think, personally, I think a lot of people get confused with, like, this thing looks like Breath of the Wild, which means, like, it looks bright and cheery and is kind of also the same thing. It's like, no, that game... But yeah, Phoenix Rising running it, like, whatever high resolution it runs at at 60 looks real nice and has kind of echoes of maybe Breath of the Wild, but it's still... Because um, you say Breath of the Wild had that, like, that cool sort of, like no defined lines sort of thing where everything sort of like washed together it was all very like painterly i guess would be the word yeah this is what when i looked at when i looked at phoenix it was a lot more defined like there was a lot more it's yeah there's a lot more detail to the style of it yeah it's a lot more detailed but also is like still kind of has a bit of like big and chunky design to it it's really nice um i actually really like how it looks but in terms of the actual game itself um that game is basically what happens if you take those shrine puzzles and make that like 70% of the game 
and the other 30% mm. is what I think is actually probably better combat than Breath of the Wild. Sure. So, like, so, like, so you do a you, you go up a tower and you unlock a region and then you can basically scan around in first person to find like all the different stuff. And there are things like, there's your shrines. They're the, the what are they called? Pits of Tartarus, I think they're called. Also, this game sure. is Greek mythology out the wazoo and we'll get to that in a second. Again? Yeah, I yeah, know. Um, see, going between this and Hades over the course of Christmas was real fucking weird because you're like, oh, sure, yeah. you spell Tartarus differently than this other game does. I wonder why that is. It's like, oh, you're this god and not this god, and this is a weird interpretation of Ares. And sure. I was going to say, it's all just interpretation at the end of the day. Totally, it's totally. Um, what they decide to do. So you, so you go around the, like, the pits of Tartarus, which are the things you, you jump into, um, that have they're the kind of very specific challenges. Um, and at the end of them, you get um, Ares, uh, light, sorry, uh, Zeus's lightning, which gives you more stamina and that kind of level of stuff but it's all oh similar, sure right sim- yeah. similar combat similar puzzles all that kind of stuff same sort of idea yeah yeah same sort of idea but then you, you, d- you do got- the thing to get the thing at the end that you spend to then make yourself climb better totally with more stamina or yes. more health or whatever. yes it has yeah. a straight up like stamina you can climb any wall it has a stamina wheel you can yep yeah that kind of stuff um but then you look around and there's like okay here are the uh what do they call them uh it's the name for the Grecian art. It's like bits of tiles. Um, uh, tessellation? Is that the... Mosaics? Mosaics. Mosaic. That's what you get are. like mosaic challenges, which are like bits of mosaic that's basically a slide puzzle. And you get... Oh, um, okay. Epic you say check. slide puzzle and I'm instantly out. That's yeah, no, but, the, but the thing is like, it's only like a two by two slide puzzle, which means like you always know what you're needing to do. It's how you do it is the thing. Like it's actually not terrible for slide puzzles, like as much as I hate them. There's also like right, yeah. there's like epic chests which are like basically like small constructions of like ruined temple that is also a puzzle that gets you a chest. There are constellation puzzles which is like a larger area. Like most of the constellation puzzles are like here is the temple of X and it's like five smaller puzzles each of which unlock like a orb that you put in a 5x5 five five grid to make a constellation. So, like, all the puzzles are, like, ah. kind of related or using kind of similar ideas, but different variations on them um, to unlock all these things to get there. So, that's, like, in a larger puzzle. There's also, like, um, what else is, I feel like I'm missing a puzzle type here. I can't quite remember. Oh, I yeah, s- they're, they're, like, straight up, like, um, they call them navigation challenges, which is a bad name, but it's basically, like, a race to get from A to B as quick as possible before the time oh, runs sure. out. Um, navigation and air quotations. Yeah. They've basically they've straight up stolen the um, remote control arrow thing from Assassin's Creed Origins. Like, that's just a power you have now. And they've turned that into, like, a challenge as well, where it's, like, fly through all ah, these 17 okay. hoops and all this kind of stuff. So it's, like, it's just... It's these really nice, like, concise 15 minutes of... Or less than that, usually, like, 10 minutes of puzzle. And then you get the thing, you move on, it's ticked off the list, and you move on to something else. So you're just basically, like wandering around this world doing all of this stuff and it's really so nice you're, concise you're, bits of bits of puzzle you're doing the Ubi, you're doing the ubisoft open world thing of there are a bunch of things on the map but the things that you do when you get there are like actual puzzles as yes. opposed to like i found this thing on the ground totally like that's the, and, it's, and it's not yeah. like 17 of the clear this bandit camp like all of them are yeah. actually really good and then once you get the power that's once you get good your god, totally and once you get your god powers and it unlocks some more stuff like they start using god powers in interesting ways and like some there was definitely has the thing that I got a bunch in Breath of the Wild where you get to the end of a of a, one of these puzzles and you're like, 
I don't think that's how you're supposed to solve this. But it also didn't stop me from doing it, so that's great. Um, oh yeah, that was the, that was the good Breath of the Wild thing when yeah. you would like you just throw a bomb at a weird angle and it would knock you over a wall. Totally. You'd so like, for okay, the, I guess that works. And that's so for, it. for this, the question for this is more along the lines of like, so there are um, just big pressure pads in the floor that are parts of a bunch of different puzzles. One of which is uh, is marked with a feather, which means like anything on top of it will set it off. And there's one that's got an anvil, which means like you need something really fucking heavy to put on this thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's definitely a couple of situations where, like, I've balanced the rocks that are just lying around here in such a specific way where I've managed to trigger this panel, and if anything breathes on this stack, it's all fucked, but it's still... And it, it let me do it, and it was all totally fine, and yeah, it's cool. Um, and then they've added some new stuff in there that is definitely not from Breath of the Wild. Like, um, yeah, there's a whole bunch of stuff in there. And then the combat itself is, like, it's much more... Like I get weird, like Devil May Cry vibes from it. Like, it's, oh, weird. Okay. Like it has it has a launcher. Um, Ooh, I like a launcher. It has a launcher. It has like things like your. So you have a magnet power the same way you do as kind of in in yeah, wild. Yeah. But like with this one, you can then turn it around and use it to pull yourself towards enemies, including ones in the air. Um, oh, so it's got like an air hike as well. Yeah, it's got an air hike. Like, get your... um, oh, it's nice. very it's very combo based. You've got. Um, all your powers work well together. Um, you've got multiple variations as you unlock the tech tree of like different swings and different all this kind of stuff. Like the combat itself is actually pretty good. There's no weapon degradation because there isn't. Yes, good. Yeah, there isn't really any. So you, this is the other thing I really liked about it, and it's such a dumb thing, but I really appreciated it. Where so there are only two weapons. You've got a sword and a a sword, which is your light attack, and an axe, which is your heavy attack, right? And Every enemy has a health bar and a stamina bar, and if you max out the stamina bar on an enemy by doing stun damage, it does the Final Fantasy VII Remake stagger thing of it'll knock them down they take extra damage while they're doing it, which is great yeah. for like the bigger creatures. Um, so you don't unlock new weapons, you unlock different, like, basically like models for those weapons, which have different effects. So like the one you start with, ah, okay. like the armor you start with gives you like extra two health slots, but there's another one that's like... Um, every time you get hit, it emits like a pulse of that does fifty damage. Also, uh, numbers pop off people when you hit them, which is another <laughs> great thing. Of course. Um, so you're just changing the models of like all the different um, different variations on sword, art, axe, shield, and uh, armor and helmet. But also, they've got the extra level of they have like you can choose which sword you want to take and which visual you want to use. So you can combine the two. So you do like what's transmogging basically. Um, oh right okay so you can make your sword look different to the power it has yeah because like all of the cool looking right, swords okay. have none of the good powers I wanted to use so I was just like well I want this right. sword but I wanted to look yeah. like this cool purple one over here um, same with armour um, same with the helmets and you can just switch helmets off as well which is a really nice touch um, it's a really solid game like I thought it got lost kind of in a lot of the well they're just trying to eat Breath of the Wild thing like no it is it's own thing oh yeah for sure like I, com- I completely disregarded it as like Oh man, you'd be so efficient to make a Breath of the Wild game. Like yeah, that's... it's really it's it's a really solid like low impact. So yeah, and the, the other part of it as well, the the story part of it as well. So the setup is like, um, you are you wash up on this island. Um, you're you're a shield bearer for a bunch of Grecian soldiers. You crash onto this island. They all die, including your brother. Or sorry, you wash up on this island. And they've all been turned to stone, including your brother. 
Um, and oh, you're the only okay. one left. And then you go and you meet all the gods, and the gods are like, hey, who's the bad guy? Oh, God. What's the bad guy in this called? Um, Hades? I don't it's, know. No, it's not. It was a name I hadn't seen before. He's like a big lizard dude. I can't remember his name. But anyway, there's a big okay. bad who's escaped from the, the pits of Tartarus and um, you have to go get... and has transformed all of the gods or have removed the godly powers of all the gods and you need to go get them all back, assemble them all together and then go take on this thing. Um, which is your kind of main flow of the game. Is like, hey, there's four areas of this thing. Each one has a god in it and you need to go get them. That kind of stuff. But stuff like... So Ares, like maybe kind of mild spoilers i don't know um so you turn up to aries's realm or aries's quarter of the island and it kind of shows a lot of what what's really good about this game you turn up um to this area and the first thing they tell you to do in each area is go find the statue in the middle because it's the tallest vantage point and it'll unlock the rest of the that's, area that's your tower yeah you climb the tower and once you climb the tower and do the scan thing kicks in a cutscene of like oh that's probably where the god is because you look at it down so you kind of look down from the top of the thing there's this giant fucking bear like bears are enemies in that game but this is like a big fucking bear uh so you go <laughs> sure. down so you go down to see this bear and the bear starts talking to you as like i am aries and blah, blah, blah. but like the bear's mouth isn't moving and i was like oh is this game fucking glitched um, but like the bear's mouth isn't moving and then Phoenix is like reacting to this bear saying that it's Aries all this kind of stuff and then eventually the bear rolls his eyes and moves and there's a chicken behind him and that's actually Aries so Aries has been transformed into this chicken as like the god oh, of, right, the okay. god of war has been turned into this yeah chicken. and all of the gods have been turned into like their weaknesses without going into it so like Aries like this br- this powerful warrior is actually terrified and has been turned into a chicken all this kind of stuff um nice best animated bear possibly in a game in a long time like the gate that bear has like walls like gromit from walls and gromit levels of eye rolling it's really good um but that and the story is really good and the story the kind of structure of the story is it's told by it's told as a flashback via zeus and Prometh. nope Prometheus, the god who is uh, the yeah. one who was the one who was um, strapped to a rock where a raven eats his liver every day. Is that Prometheus? Uh he yeah, I think so. That's right. the one that's still fire. Is that yes? That's the one. Yes, him. That's Prometheus. Yeah. So the whole story is told as flashback for reasons I'm not going to get into, but it's told as like Prometheus is telling the story to Zeus um, as like this great Grecian tale, and Zeus just can't be fucked and is like, "Look, when are you going to get to the good bits?" and like. Actually, I had, I had a note written down here specifically when I started reading this um, that I specifically wrote down on my phone. Um, yeah, it's just like everyone in that game is a dick. Like, everyone in that game. Oh, is, sure. Like, well, yeah, but the, a lot of the Greek gods, when you, like, read the myths and stuff like that, are real big assholes. Like, oh, that's totally. Kind of, so, like, so, so the, Greek, the Greek myths are kind of hinged on a lot of gods knowing that they're gods and they can kind of get away with anything and totally. so just do whatever the fuck they want it's yep. yeah um but for this it's like so, so it's done as this like kind of dual narration on top of the stuff that you're doing so like as you'll do stuff like Prometheus will come in and say phoenix beat the whatever god thing for whatever and then zeus will come on and like he's not convinced that you're actually going to be able to do this thing so he's giving prometheus shit and prometheus is giving him shit for turning people into various animals to bone them like it, they, they do a really oh, yeah, good yeah, yeah. like high level like it's not 
I heard a lot of people come out of this game going, that narration is terrible. I actually ended up really liking it because, like, once you caught on to the tone that they're going for, like, it's actually pretty well done. And just, like, Prometheus is giving him so much shit. It's great. And, like, all of the gods in the game are all terrible in their own different ways. And Hermes is in it. And Hermes is this, like, massive, like, he's just a prick. And he's great. Um... Yeah, like the story stuff of it, I also really, really liked. Um, it's a yeah, so it's like it's a solid, it's a really solid. And I think the other thing I wrote down about it was that it's nice to have a game that's just good. Like it's not sure, breaking yeah. boundaries. It's not like some narrative spectacular thing. It's not like super gritty, like the best storytelling you've ever seen. It's a solid fucking video game. And it was exactly the thing I needed at the end of the year to just be like, I'm going to yeah. jump on here, do like a couple of puzzles and then leave it. Or instead, what happened was, it's like, oh god, it's three in the morning, I need to stop doing these fucking puzzles. Um, yeah, it's it's super solid, and I would actually recommend it to people if they want, like, a nice... It's my first real... <laughs> thing to do. Yeah, like, it, it's the first podcast game I've had in a while, where, like, I don't need to pay too much attention to Oh, yeah, stuff. your um, second monitor game. Yeah, like, the, and I don't... Yeah. I don't do a lot of that, really, but this was ideal for that kind of stuff. And also, like, for a much more personal thing, I... So I I manage, like... I manage, like, moments of anxiety with Picross. Like, that's my... That's my... Sure, yeah. That's my um, medical... Um, that's my prescription for, for dealing with that kind of stuff. That... That totally tracks knowing you as a yeah. person. That totally so the makes like sense. Yeah. the hungry cat Picross still the best Picross game I have on, I've played yet on Hung, the phone. Hungry cat Picross. Yep, you get a little cat. Is it and just, you, is it just Picross where you make pictures of cats eating food? Is no, the... you have a little cat avatar that you can uh, you can spend fish to put like hats and stuff on. But the reason the, ah okay, not only do I like it is because it's color based rather than number based, which is really nice, and also. Um, the developers quite clearly are big video gamers where they do like a weekly puzzle so like every Tuesday a puzzle changes so like end of uh, was it like November last year start of November last year it was just this is just Zagreus <laughs> and you're just like oh, oh right okay cool. cool like this week's was like like this week's I think was the the two characters from Haven like they, they oh, are sure, sure, like sure. They, they know video games and they are obviously very much into them so yeah Hungry Cat Picross is great but um but the reason why I do that is, like, it's a really good, like, you can spend 10 minutes really focused on a thing. Like, it blocks out all the other thought processes and just, like, you focus on this thing. And then, actually, weirdly enough, Immortals did the same thing for me. Where it's like, cool, this is my focus for the next 10 minutes. I can sit, I can yeah. do this. It's a really concise, like, beginning, end, that bit's done, clear it off, move on style thing. I don't know. I, I, I really like that game. Um, and I think yeah. 30 quid is kind of kind of even cheap for i think i spent 40 hours with that game at the end um it's good it's really really yeah. good i also i'll very quickly say the dlc that's coming out so the first dlc pack came out the week before you're recording this which is very much like a kind of it's the thing you expect from like a first expansion for this type of game where it's like it's just kind of more shit um yeah, more but things, the next yeah. expansion is a totally new character a new island and it's chinese mythology Ooh. So it seems like, because cool. the name of the game is Immortals colon Phoenix Rising, I think Immortals yeah. colon whatever is going to go the same route as Assassin's Creed, where it's like, and here's the Chinese full game, and here's the Indian yeah, full okay. game. Um, so they've confirmed the Chinese one, 
Uh, they confirmed a third one as well, and I can't remember where it was. But, um, like, I am 100% out for more stuff of that style in that world. With cool. Completely different. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's well worth picking up if you can. Um, so I've got one more thing, but what have you been what have you been up to? Um, so, right, I haven't talked about it on the pod. I talked about it in the Game of the Year stuff very quickly, but I didn't talk about it in the podcast. So I, I, when Ewan was saying, like, the time in between Christmas and New Year when, like, we've played all our games and recorded our Game of the Year stuff, I... Instead of falling into something like Phoenix Rising, resubbed to Final Fantasy fourteen. Right. Um, yeah. After after talking to my friend about it, who recently like got into it and is now super into it, uh, and I got weirdly, this was like a weird YouTube algorithm thing. At some point, they recommended a fourteen raid prep video to me. For some okay. reason, like, I hadn't watched a Final Fantasy fourteen video in years. I hadn't... I wasn't doing anything related to Final Fantasy fourteen at all. And one randomly appeared in my uh, recommended. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Because it looked really weird. Uh, and it was, like, this super high production value. I'm trying to see if I can find the actual video in it. It's, like, a really high production value raid boss guide for... Uh, like super high level content in right. 14 um, talking like savage raiding which is like the highest highest thing you can do in that game um, I can't so this, remember the guy's name but yeah I'm assuming this is much better quality than that Twitter account I sent you which is like MS Paint level raid oh, so yeah, for... that's that's kind of what linked me into it was because you sent me a, a, a Twitter a Twitter page that is like was it was it specifically for fourteen or was it? For I think it was else? specifically fourteen. I think. Yeah, you sent me a thing that was like, "Does this make sense to you?" And it was like a raid diagram for so I was like Titan hard mode or something like that, like something I'd done in my sleep ages and ages ago. Right. Um, I was like, "Oh yeah, this makes total sense." Like I know what this means. But the other one, I was like, "I've never seen that before, and I don't know what the fuck that means." So I had to go and look at it. And looking at it then led me into this like super high production value thing that I can't remember the name of. Mm. But um, I watched that and it was... I don't know that fight. Like I know what they're doing in that fight and it makes sense. Yep. But at the time it just looked like people dancing. Like it was like people were moving into very specific areas at very specific times and I didn't know why. And there were like lines drawn and I can't fucking it's really upsetting me that I can't remember the, the name of the guy's name but he makes really 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 high quality raid guides uh, I'll find it and I'll put it in the post because yeah. it, it really annoys me because that guy deserves a lot of credit um, and I was like I don't know what the fuck this is so I sent it to my friend being like this, what is this like does this make sense and he was like oh yeah this is like this fight it's like E9S or something like that and like explained it mm. I was like oh yeah that's pretty cool and I thought about it for a couple of days, and I was like, ah, he's talked about this for a while, I should probably jump back in it. So I resubbed and got into 14. Nice. And so I stopped at 14 at the end of base Stormblood, which is the last expansion, the expansion before. Yes. Um, so I had all the post-patch content for Stormblood, all the pre-patch content for Shadowbringers, Shadowbringers, and all the post-Shadowbringers patch content to do. <laughs> right. Um... And I did all of that in, like, oh, God, it must have been, like, a week and a half or something like that. Like, I was basically doing nothing else because right. I yeah. had nothing else to you were, do. You were like, playing a lot of that. Yeah, I, I saw your stuff. Like, was... I couldn't, like, yeah, like, lockdown happened, so I couldn't, say, I couldn't stay 
with the family at Christmas because lockdown was in place. Yep. So I, and my girlfriend came over for a couple of days, so that was that. Yeah. But every other time I was on my own in my flat, yep. not able to see anybody, not able to do anything else. Yep. So 14 was kind of like the perfect thing for that. So, yeah, 14 specifically Shadowbringers is really, really good in terms of MMO design. Like, it is, like, it, for for a hot bar MMO, like, as in, like, very stereotypical MMO, like World of Warcraft and something like that, yeah. it's definitely the best one of them that I think's ever been made. Like, I've not played one better than mm-hmm. Shadowbringers right now. Because it definitely... In se- terms of, like... Everything I've, Sorry, anyway. everything I've heard about people talking about 14 is, like, it's not trying to do, like, some new type of MMO. Like, it is a natural evolution of all of those classic MMOs, but, like, no, perfected, it, basically. It a, yeah, it is, the, it is the pure distillation of that genre of MMO. Like, yeah. it is the the cream of what that thing is supposed to be. Like, right. just, just doing some of the raids in... The, the content that I was catching up on is, like, far and away better than any other raid I've ever seen in, like, World of Warcraft or anything like that. And I did raiding in World of Warcraft, and I the 14's got so much better than World right. of Warcraft. Like, it's unbelievable. Um, so, But, yeah, it's, it's good in terms of, like, it's even, like, the story itself is really, really good. Like, mm-hmm. the actual story of the world is great, especially in Shadowbringers, when they do a whole, like, twist in it. Um... But it is still very. It gets, it gets kind of Kingdom Heartsy at points, which I kind of <laughs> like. But it gets really right. weird. Yeah, yeah. It gets really strange. Um, yeah, the story's really good. The characters are really well written. The content itself is fantastic. Like even like, leveling dungeons are really well designed and have amazing fights in them. Like, so, like it's not just like this. This do is the dungeon. Ma- yeah, this is do. maybe like a larger question. But like, as somebody who has not played a lot of those games, like what does yeah. like what does a like what when you're when most of your mechanics in terms of like player interaction is you managing cooldowns, which I assume is still the same kind of yeah, in this. Yeah. Like what is what is a good dungeon when those are your when those are your verbs, what is a good dungeon a good, in this kind of A good dungeon is a a dungeon that has interesting mechanics that shake you up. Like because like if you're if the if the interaction with you in that game is I can move around and I can do my rotation, the yeah. game is trying its best to fuck you up from doing that. Right. Like, so it is a lot of, like, interesting mechanics that make you move around or make you stand in different places or make you, like, go away so you can't just sit there and do your rotation until the thing's dead or gives you, like, specific mechanics for things. Like, the stuff I can think of that there's, like, a dungeon, like, just a basic levelling dungeon in Shadowbringers that is, like, one of the fight at the end, the boss does a thing that like the, the, it has it has like 14 has this language of raid mechanics which are like different markers mean different things where like if you have an arrow above your head it means you're going to get an AOE centered mm. around you so people need to step away from it or you need to run away from people or whatever it is right but the boss puts one of those on you which would be fine where it's like oh I just run away from people and then run back in but he puts a thing on you that then makes you burn and if you don't take the fire off of you you die but 
it's not obvious how to take the fire from you and the whole raid is set up in this big like manor house mm-hmm. and what you're supposed to do is get the the AOE on you start fire and then run to the curtains and catch the curtains on fire to take the fire away from you and then run away oh interesting it's, okay so there are like things around that you have to go and do so that's what good dungeon mechanics are okay. d- dungeon mechanics sense. are at best supposed to be super basic because it's just mm-hmm. a thing that you do while you're leveling like it's not supposed to but 14 goes the extra mile and actually makes the fights interesting cool. and does really cool things with them. Uh, and then you get into like... So that there, there's two different types of raid in 14 as well. There's raiding and there's alliance raiding. Alliance raiding is like the big 48-man thing. Mm-hmm. Those ones, the two that I needed to catch up on were the Ivalice one, which is uh, Final Fantasy 14 and more specifically Tactics, so like War of the right. Lions. Yep. Like, the whole story is centred around War of the Lions, basically, like, uh, Ramza and Argath and all those people, uh, and the Nerotomata Alliance raid. I need to catch up on that as well. They're both some of the best raid design I've ever seen. Yep. Like, they are mechanically interesting and intense, and but at the same time have really cool, like, setting and story and stuff behind them. So it is... How much? How much, like near, this, how much near Automata did you play? Uh, I played until the third route C. I think right, it was. Okay, so but but I the, know what happens. Okay. Like, I know all the. But is that dungeon that, tied into that story, or is it tied into a Final Fantasy story? Is so it something it's different? because because of the way that the story of fourteen is set up, where it is like a a world that is split up into different realms and different. Not planes of existence, but like different realities exist all at once that are part of this one great cosmos. Kind of like Kingdom Hearts. You can, kind of like Kingdom Hearts, but you can basically do anything, and basically all that happens is the 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 base from Near Automata crashes onto Eorzea instead of crashing onto Earth. Nice. So it's okay. like yep. So it just, it just crashes like the vault or whatever the thing crashes onto Earth, and that causes like the robots to come out and then you've got all the androids that appear and that's what the spark that causes this raid series to happen um specifically the near raid series i want to call out the fact that um not only are the fights amazing and the the gear is awesome and all that the the music in that thing is brilliant because it is it's near automata music and it's final fantasy music at the same together and at the same time which is great yep. but specifically the the two final bosses at each each part of the raid, because there's two different parts of it, are the main kind of like boss theme. So like for near it's like weight of the world, but it's mm-hmm. near it's weight of the world that's been Final Fantasy sized, where <laughs> it has it then gets more orchestration and they like throw in the preludes, uh like cadence and stuff like that in it right. in the background, so you're tying everything together. And then the second boss is the Shadowbringers boss, but with near bits on top of it, so there's like a choir and oh, stuff cool. like that on it. Okay, it's brilliant. It's so good, and it's 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 something that I noticed that midway through, like while I was doing the fight, and my friend was like explaining mechanics to me, I was just like, "Hang on a minute, wait, is this what this music is? Like, does this make sense?" He's like, "Yeah, that's what they've done." I was like, yep. "That's brilliant! Like, it's such a cool idea." That's great. Um, and it, yeah, so I've just been keeping going with that, and gotten to the point now where I'm at high level quote unquote stuff like end game high level stuff which right. is like savage raiding so there's like the raid and then there's a harder version of the raid right. that is fucking insane <laughs> like it is it's so difficult and really 
pushes your ability of like what I was talking about the dungeon of like how how best can you execute on this rotation that you know you have to do yes. while the game is trying to stop you from doing that <laughs> because eventually you get to a point where the boss just wipes you and that's it so you have to be as efficient as possible while trying to also avoid all these mechanics and do these specific things yeah um, it's it's unreal like the game is it's easily the best like one of those MMOs that you'll play and now, like, that, you, and now that you've done all that just in time for them to announce the next expansion right so yeah, I was gonna I was gonna talk about that in news, but yeah, they've they've they're, they're still gonna be patches and stuff before then. But yeah, they've announced that new expansion. I'll talk about that in news, but cool. I'll it, it's yeah, it's exciting. Like it's totally going back in and having people there to like be like, here are the things that you should probably see because these are the good things, and then also having those same people there when you need to do the end game stuff. Yeah. And like I've, I've I'm like catching up to people, but I'm not actually catching up that much because they've only just started. There's a couple of them that have obviously cleared all of the savage stuff, but there's also a few people that are still learning it at the same time. So I can just jump in and be like, "I'm here as well to learn." So it's not <laughs> that it's not actually I'm not actually hindering that many people. I was gonna say, um, what's, what's the it's like, what's the community like in that kind of ga- in that game? Like, do you have to do oh, a lot God. of randos or? Well, yeah. So the. It's got the benefit of, like, 14, basically, you have queues for basically anything. Like, you can queue for whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, The only thing that you can't specifically, like, do a random pug queue for are, like, really, really hard fights, like, savages and, like, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, Because you can't... You basically can't do that without a pug uh, or with a pug because it's really difficult. But everything else, you can just queue and see stuff. Like, if you want to go back and do, like, the Evil East raid and the Nier raid and stuff like that, where we were doing it, I just, like, asked people to say, hey, I want to go see this. Do you want to come with me? We formed a party and then jumped in the queue. And then when the queue popped, we were there. Like, it's right. not difficult in any way. Um, it's not like raiding in other games where it's like, you need to find the find the people and then get them together and do it on your own. It's like, no, like, however many people you've got, you can just queue and go do it. Like, nice. that's the, that's it. Cool. Um, but yeah, it's like fully, it's fully got me back in because that thing is... If that if the Shadowbringers is it because that's what everybody said was like Shadowbringers is like the the thing that is really really good in fourteen because like Heavensward was great and Stormblood was great but Shadowbringers is like well and above all of that stuff and it's the thing that is like brought fourteen to this like pinnacle level of like it's just better than everything else yeah um you you start yeah, to see really why you, you start to see why Blizzard is slightly worried about World of Warcraft, right? Where they have this oh, absolutely, giant yeah, competitor it's... that is continuing to go from strength to strength as they go like, uh, maybe we give you one to zero again. I don't know. Um, yeah, like that's the 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 watching fourteen like in Shadowbringers. It made it, it makes a lot more sense in context when you're like, as Shadowbringers went from strength to strength, and the joke was always people being like oh, there are still people playing World of Warcraft when this exists and, like, all that stuff. It makes more sense when Shadowbringers is coming out and you listen to World of Warcraft players when they're like, oh, man, they're bringing out Classic. That's cool. Yeah. And you're like, why would you ever want to go back to Classic when you could just go play something that isn't World of Warcraft and is way better than it in every respect other than the fact that you haven't been playing it for 10 years? Yeah. Like, that's the... It's the... I get the, like... MMOs and like classic MMOs, especially World of Warcraft, deals a lot in sunken cost fallacy, where it's like, yeah, yeah, I've played, I've played this thing for twelve years, and if I give up now, it's pointless. But like, my friend gave up on World, like his his high like world, he was like top one hundred rating or something like that. Mm. Like his 
World of Warcraft raiding guild imploded from the inside, as World of Warcraft guilds tend to do. They imploded from the inside because of just, like, internal drama. Sure. And he was just like, oh, no, okay, I'm done. And he got out. And it's like, out, out. Like, he's not going back. Mm-hmm. He's, he's like, properly done with World of Warcraft. And I, like, talked to him about it. It's like, do you miss it? And he's like, not really. Like, he's... And that's a person that, like, has played World of Warcraft religiously since, like, Burning Crusade or something like that. Right, and was, right. like, a high-tier raider and stuff like that. So it's this, like... The sunken cost fallacy of, like, I've played this thing for ten years. I don't want to give up on it. It's not that much of a loss when you give up on it like my friend was sad because he liked raiding and stuff like that but he was just like now that he's out he's like it's not that bad like it's not he's not missing it at all so it's i don't know it's just it's it's weird when people are like i don't want to say in their bubble because obviously they're like having fun and they're enjoying it and i don't want to like ruin people's opinions or whatever but sure. it is just like the, there are there are other things out there that are that are better than it and <laughs> sure. people just don't see it but I, yeah I, I remember watching because i i have zero experience with with wow really but i watched um yeah uh dan olsen's video on classic mm. um mm. who i didn't know was a, a like he like huge world of warcraft player at the time as well and all this kind of stuff and yeah, his yeah, experience yeah. with classic and it was like oh this kind of explains to me why people wanted this thing because they don't actually want this thing they want yeah 1995 back or whenever that yeah. game came out it's, it's, it is what I had been saying to people ever yep. since they announced that Classic was real was like people sit and talk about oh god wasn't Molten Core great and didn't wasn't that amazing that it took me like four weeks to get a mount and all that sort of stuff that's no. not no <laughs> it wasn't answer. that's the thing the, the, the key to it is that wasn't good that was yeah. just how MMOs were designed at the time what you actually want is your youth back that's what you want yeah it's and your al- youth was spent doing this and that's the thing it's almost like feeding people who want the old days back is a bad idea oh weird yeah weird weird parallel to draw yeah. in this modern world um, um, cool good yeah, so I'm glad. Final Fantasy 14 is fucking incredible part, i'm so excited to keep playing it part of me kind of wants you to show me just like just like screen share me like a, a, a chunk of something so i can see what that game looks like i know what that game oh looks absolutely like, like but like yeah. it looks like a complete it looks like a fucking um zactronics game to me where it's just like there's the icons and lines and I numbers will, everywhere if, you, if if you have time after this recording i will jump on 14 and i will show you the end boss of the current raid series yeah okay um, sure and that because that doesn't take very long but it is it's really impressive especially when you talk about it mechanically okay sure um, i can do that yeah that's yeah i'll show you that because that's interesting okay. um do you want me to keep going or do you want to talk about your thing let's or? cut it let's cut a break and we'll come back let's cut um because it's been going for a bit um i think you have some music sure yeah so um this is, this is kind of awkward, because we're doing this before the Game of the Year stuff comes out, but I won't spoil anything. Yeah. But um, we talk about Hades a lot in the Game of the <laughs> yep. Year yes, we podcasts. Um, so I kind of want to show off a bit more Hades. Um, let's call it in prep for the Game of the Year yeah. podcast stuff. I, I, don't, um, I don't think it's spoilers to say we talk about Hades in Game of the Year quite a lot. I no. I think everyone who's listened a, to this I, would know that. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think it is... I think it was clear going in that I was going to be something that we talked about a lot. Um, so I'm going to play a, so- a song for the soundtrack of Hades that's called The Unseen Ones. And we talk about that in Game of the Year. Yep. Uh, it's just, it's really, really good. I'm not going to explain any context for it. If you want context, you can talk to the Game of the Year stuff. Yep. But it's it's excellent. And 
if you I don't know why you wouldn't have played Hades at this point but if you haven't played Hades you should yeah, play Hades for sure um, yeah let's go with that cool so check out the post for links where you can buy that and we'll be back with some more right after this ones from the Hades soundtrack uh, it's not a lot really more that can be said about Hades in general other than just go listen to the Game of the Year stuff yeah. we'll talk about it more at length. It, it comes up quite a lot um, so do you want me to keep going or do you want to talk about your um, thing? I'll or... do one, I'll do one and then you can okay. go um, so the sure. other thing that I thought was interesting that came out just last week I think it was um, was Destruction All-Stars which was oh. a um, so it is a PS5 exclusive uh, it's on PS Plus this month, but it is essentially a destruction derby plus running around on foot thing. Um, it's God. There's there's a couple of different avenues for this thing. Generally, it's pretty cool. Uh, generally, I'm kind of liking it. Sure. It is a multiplayer only. So the the interesting story behind it was this was announced at the PS5 announcement price announcement as a seventy seventy pound sixty pound game. Like full price thing and it came out last week and it is free on ps plus <laughs> so wow okay something in the middle changed there which is interesting because if this game had come out at, at 60 quid i think a lot of people would be very disappointed it is um so i i get the feeling it has been retooled slightly since the the original um the original proposal or something changed internally or i, I don't know but so it is a uh, multiplayer only, well, multiplayer focused, you can play against bots, I suppose, but it is really multiplayer focused um, game where you have, um, there are four game modes, there's like a traditional destruction derby, like do enough damage, the more damage you do, you get more points, highest points wins, there's gridfall, which is that, but also the floor gets smaller and smaller as the, and you just fall into an abyss and you have like limited number of respawns um and then there's two 8v8 modes one which is carnado which is a really cool concept which is like you do damage to get points but then you have to bank those points in the tornado in the center and to bank those points you drive your uh car into the tornado which explodes and then you have to go find another car which I think is Jeez, okay. which is pretty good. Sure. Um, and then stockpile, which is kind of weirdly like car-based domination. So you, if you take out another, another player, it drops a bunch of gears. You can hold those. You have to get out the car to pick up the gears, and then you dump those gears in one of the three banks. And if your team banks the most in a, if your team puts the most gears into a bank, the bank becomes their color. And it's person with team with most banks at the end of the time, or first team to get all three banks wins. Um, right. Yeah, and then mechanically, it's like it's you start on foot, 
um, you can jump into. There's a bunch of cars positioned around the levels, kind of like weapons in a like an arena shooter, basically, where you oh, run up, okay. you run up to a car, you jump in the car. Um, there's a couple of different ones. There's like one that's like kind of like uh, Jack of all trades. There's like a van which has more health but slower. There's like a supercar which is like much faster, but much that kind of level of stuff. Um, you can jump in a car and start doing damage. If you your car gets too damaged, you can get out of the car or eject yourself out of the car, which are two different buttons, which is like launch yourself vertically upwards. Um, and I've gotten very good at, oh God, my car has not a lot of health left. I need to get a new car, run at new car, eject up and land in new car in one swift motion. That's always good when that... Jesus, do that, okay, that very good. Um... Yeah, so there's all that, and then it's also hero-based, or character-based, or all-star-based, is what they're calling their, mm. their characters. But characters have, there are unique characters that have powers, um, so like the guy you get in the tutorial, Shift, is like, he can, so you've got a player power. How many, how many of these names are car puns out of interest? Uh, not a lot of them. Actually, oh, that's a shame. Yeah, I know. So shift is the shift is the only one that's really I think, sad. I think so. Yeah, it's the only one that really comes to mind. Um, but um, so shift like his player power is he can turn invisible, and his car power, um, or his special car, his hero car is actually what they call them. Which once you fill up your bar, you can summon your hero car, and it will get dropped into the arena. Super car. Yeah. Which has like specific setups there, but also his car can go invisible as well, which is kind of cool. Um, so yeah, so and each of the characters are like they observe like Overwatch rules, where it's like only one per team per character, which is annoying for reasons I'll get to in a second. Um, sure. So that's the kind of structure of the game. It's multiplayer only. There's like a progression system. There's two currencies. All of the stuff you would kind of expect in there. Um. It looks really nice. It's got a really cool style to it. Like it's not, it's not like something they're just aping Overwatch in a kind of um, Battleborn style way. Like it's much more. It's somewhere in the realms of like. It's it's exaggerated, but not to like. But not too much. I don't. I don't know. It just looks really nice, and um, all the characters animate super well. Like really fluid animations. And it's definitely one of the ones where you see the usages of the new consoles in really interesting ways. So, like, mm-hmm. you know how in Apex, when they do a new season, they take the th- main theme and change it slightly? So it's still the main theme, but it's, like, a slightly different yeah, orchestration yeah. of that. So on the character yeah. select screen, they do that per character. So each character has their own subtle instrumental change to the to the, the main theme of the thing right okay and they just load that in super quickly as you're changing characters like as you're changing characters the music's changing it's really good actually like i was kind of impressed by that um yeah and all the animations are good all the character designs look really cool um there's like a there's like a what's his name blue fang blue fang who's like um his backstory he's he's like a um nigerian action movie star and he just wears this giant, like, fucking tiger head as he's running. It's great. Sure. It's, all the character designs are super cool. Um, yeah, it's pretty straightforward. But, uh, like, there's not a lot of, like, not a lot of variety to it. But it is those four modes currently, and that's it. 
but I've it's definitely one of those things which is like I think this is pretty good, but also I want to play one more round, and it just keeps going, and it's just mm. it's 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 pretty um um yeah it just keeps coming back in ways I don't entirely understand yet, but it's pretty good. Um, but there's a couple of other interesting things about it in terms of what is positioning as like a PS5 exclusive. One is like it's the first other game that uses triggers pretty well on top of Astro. They're like resistant, the resistive triggers, like. but it's it's like smart. Res- well, it's a really interesting use of of um, resistance where so it's like right trigger accelerate, left trigger brake, and if you're going sure. from standing, the triggers just behave like triggers. But if you're going full pelt forwards and you hit reverse, there's a lot of resistance on the brake trigger. To the oh, point, right, and, okay. until you slow down and then it eases up again so you can do it in the same in other ways uh, so it does have this really good, good feeling to it but it's also smart because it means that you've not got all of this resistance on your accelerator which you're basically holding down most of the time yeah um so yeah it's, it's kind of nice that and the uh uses the really subtle vibration stuff really well where like as your character's running like it does the footstep thing that astro did really nicely that's in oh there. so you can feel that okay. you feel footsteps yeah. and you you feel like impacts and jumps and all that kind of stuff really well in the controller and also it uses the in the controller speaker pretty well as well for like it seems like sometimes it has like bleed over from like in the game but sometimes it's just like footsteps are coming out the controller so it's much closer to you so it's i don't i liked a lot of that stuff the big thing and the the big thing for me though was how it handles how it handles voice uh voice chat right so right okay if you take like the like the just the 16 player like free-for-all matches right where i i did about i did did the tutorial and i did a bunch of the like i did the practice round for one of each of the modes just so i knew how they all work i was like okay cool go into multiplayer hit hit the mode you want to play matches you into 16 other players and dumps you in the there's like a holding like a lobby area before characters start getting selected because once characters right. start getting selected, everyone just chooses characters immediately. And I think in the free-for-alls, you can have only two of each hero in the arena at once. So once it goes, okay, pick your character, everyone just slams X on whatever character they actually want. Which sure, is yeah. Good. But um, so it puts you in this lobby stuff. And the first time I did it in multiplayer, it puts you in the lobby and everyone just starts talking. Like just voice immediately. Oh. Sure. And you're like, what the fuck is happening? Okay. And then remembering there's a microphone in the controller that has a mute button on it, which is off by de- which is uh, on by default. The microphone is on by default. Mute? Oh, it's on by default. Okay. Unless you go into deep in the PlayStation 5 system settings, which is switch microphone off at boot. And it has this orange light, which is muted on the controller. So it's like, okay, very quickly, sure. that's easy enough, mute. And then you're like, okay, I do the thing I do in every single multiplayer game with randos. How do I mute voice chat? Everybody else, yeah. Yeah. And I am digging through game menus. I am like, there's a thing for like, where do you want, how do you want the mix of voice chat? Do you want to come out the speaker and the controller? Do you want to come out the TV? Do you want to come out the headphone? Like, there's volume sliders, all this stuff, but there's no like, do not put in voice chat or mute voice chat. I get in the game, people are still shouting. Uh, I'm in the game, I'm in the like, like player list menu. There's no mute all, nothing. Oh, I'm no. like, how the fuck do you actually do this, right? And I got through my first game, bombed out of the game, and immediately went on Google and was like, <laughs> and so I typed in, Destruction All-Stars, second result, mute voice chat. 
in Google auto suggestions, and you're like, oh, everyone Excellent. else is having this problem. So it turns out what they've done is they are leveraging the PS5 system voice chat. This is not this is not a game specific thing. They're leveraging the the new features of the PlayStation Five voice chat. So what it does is every time you go into a match made game, it creates a new PlayStation Five party. Party is like their group system, right. basically. Yeah, yeah. It creates a new party, adds all sixteen players into that party. Oh god! And then, okay. d- then when you leave that game, it disbands that party and creates a new one for the next match make session, right? So, so it's like you- a system level thing. Yes, yeah, so it's a system level thing, and because it's a system level thing, Jeez. you can't disable it from in the game. So you have to. You have to so the way you do it is you. So you've seen the PS5 UI, right? Where it's basically like you hit the PlayStation button and it overlays on top of the game. Yeah. As like the bar at the bottom, and then it's all the cards. Which are like trophy, yeah. like here's your current trophy progression. Here's the last game we played. Here's the objective. Blah, blah blah. You hit that button to pop out into the menu, and the voice chat is a card on that ah, UI. Okay, which is the first one in the thing, but it's still like you hover over that card and hit square to mute. Right. There is right. no way to do not connect to voice chat. There is no way to auto mute all voice chat. There is oh, no way to selectively mute in voice chat. It is like, you're part of this party. Do you want to mute this party? And you have to do it every single time you connect to a game. It does, it does, it does not remember your mute settings because every game is a new party, right? So yeah. it doesn't remember your mute settings. So every single time you have to hit the PlayStation button, hit square, hit the PlayStation button every single time. It is God. bonkers. Okay. Like that's I appreciate, mental. I appreciate that they're using the built-in system. And like, if I knew that's how it worked, that's it's actually pretty decent. Like, because if I was doing a normal multiplayer thing with a bunch of mates, like having it as a card there is actually pretty good. Because yeah. once you get in there and you hit options, you're like, hey, like, um, where do you want? Like, all the the microphone settings are all stuff are all in that card. Yeah, dealing nice dealing, thing. dealing with like a, a mix and a voice channel thing is right. Really important. Like, it's all there it's and it's all really yeah. nice and it's right up there in the UI. One button press away, like that stuff is super cool. But when you're when it is is destroying and creating parties every fifteen minutes, and it doesn't remember any of your settings between things, and there's no global yeah, fucking that's... do not connect me, it is baffling <laughs> that this is the yeah, decision that's, that's made. Mental. Yeah, that's crazy. And also because once we figured so once I started that first game and everyone is just shouting constantly mm-hmm. once I realised what was going on and I muted my own microphone on the controller I was yeah. like, and I was talking to I was talking to my wife at the time uh, who was sitting next to me I was like, this seems like a really dumb system and I hadn't figured out how to mute people at that the rest of everyone, just myself Yeah. yeah. Also, side note if you mute your, if you mute the voice chat and the card and don't mute your microphone the microphone is still on yeah. <laughs> so you don't so hear you can anyone to people if you want yeah yeah um so i had microphone off but I had voice chat on because i figured out to do it yeah and i'm just going this is a bizarre system like i wonder how many people don't know there's a microphone in this controller i was and gonna my- say that surely has to be like early days of xbox live thing where people don't realize the mic's on so you just hear so whatever. we got to, so we got to the end of that game and you hear a guy there's a it sounded like there's a bunch of like three or four people huddled around this controller playing this thing for the first time and they were nice like they weren't like doing racial slurs but they were like yeah they were they were being cool about it um and they got to the end of the thing and you heard 
and they were talking about how the game had went and how the, some of the systems they were trying to work out at the same time because the game had been out for like four hours or whatever it was. Um, yeah. And they're like, and then there's a silence for a couple of seconds and he goes, yo, is there a microphone in this controller? <laughs> I hear the three of them go, wait, what? And you see them go, oh, fuck. And then you, <laughs> you're just mm. like, so like people are realizing. I've already had the same realization. Yeah. People are having exactly the same conversation because this is the first big, like if you're not playing Call of Duty, like this is the first game that's out there for free for everyone that has all this stuff built in um so yeah recommendations for people there's a thing in the ps5 system settings that will mute microphone at boot if not yeah the the, 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 the mute light on your controller make sure it's on and yeah to mute voice chat it is playstation button square playstation button when you get in there um so that was the, that was one of those experiences just like oh right this is it's you just have two, to learn how that it's, works. Yeah, it's the two vying thoughts of, right, this is the first big, this is the first PS5 exclusive game of this type that's free for everyone. There's going to be some teething problems. And also, yeah. how the fuck is this how you design this thing? It feel, I, yeah, that's that's an insane bit of design. It me. feels like nobody at this that. point has ever played a pub multiplayer game. Like, if yeah. that's the default, like, don't do that. That seems wild to me. Um and just weird interactions between like the game UI and the PlayStation UI, where like when you're sitting waiting on the like multiplayer like choose a mode screen, like you can hold down the touchpad to create a new party, right? And you hold down the touch screen, yeah. uh, the touchpad, and it pops up the party UI. It's like who do you want? Who, which friends do you want to invite to the thing? And I was like, oh, that's what that does. Okay, cancelled out. I was still in a party, and you can't matchmake when you're in a party, or until you confront the party or something. So I was like, okay. So I'm now in a situation where I, I am not I have created a party that I'm not part of. How do I fucking close a party? And I'm just like digging through UI and like once you know where everything is, it's fine. But as a first, like, how the fuck does any of this work? It was massively confusing. Um yeah, it's a it's a fascinating, fascinating thing. But yeah, the game itself. Yeah, it seems really weird. The game itself seems seems interesting. I'll I, I've played. It's definitely one of those things. Like I'm gonna I finished work. I'm gonna spend 15 minutes in this thing, and then yeah, sure. It's, it's that kind of game. Um, but yeah. So what else have you been? What else have you been playing? Um, so quite things. Uh, new season of Apex Legends. Uh, oh yeah. Um, it's pretty cool. I don't. I'm not like super enthused by this one. Uh, the 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 new map is just the old map, but it's been blown up, and there's some new areas in it. Yep. Um, new legend Fuse, who really likes explosions and is very Australian. Yep. Um, he is pretty fun. He's got some cool abilities. Uh, the ability to just store two grenades in one slot is kind of insane. Uh, that's pretty good, and he can oh, wow. throw really really far. Okay. Um, that changes things a lot. His ult's pretty cool. He's got like a uh, not a stun grenade, but it's like a short range, like blasty grenade that does some damage over time. It's fun. I don't know how particularly good he is, but he's very fun to play. Um, new gun. Uh, there's a lever action rifle in the game. There, it's the first gun that wasn't in Titanfall Two. I was going to say I don't remember repeater. one of them from from yeah, Titanfall. Okay. No, this is the first original gun. Um, it has an increased fire rate over like bolt action rifles, but not as fast as like an automatic. Obviously, sure. Um, from the hip, you can fire it pretty damn quickly because you're just levering it but from aim down sights uh if you hold aim down sights it like charges the rifle to do more damage so you can do like 
you can dump it pretty fast from your hip, but if you're firing from ADS, you kind of want to wait for a little bit and do like single shots. Sure. Um, I thought the gun was pretty garbage, and then I started using it more, and it has a place. It's weird to use because it is just like if you're firing at a distance, you should probably just be using a sniper rifle, and if someone's up close to you, you probably just want a shotgun or an automatic. It's got a weird. It sits in a weird sort of area. Um, but it is fun to use, so I don't mind playing with it for a bit. Um, sure. Yeah, so it's that. Uh, I got in on Battlefront 2 with the whole Fuck Epic right. Games yeah. made Star Wars Battlefront 2 and it broke the game sort of thing. Yeah. Um, Battlefront 2 is really, really fun. Um, it's They fixed it so that it's not all like pay to win and stuff like that. It's all just about progression. Uh, and now it's it's a dumb, fun thing where you and your friends can jump on and do a bunch of like really it looks amazing as well like the actual style of it because it's all frostbite so it's a brilliant looking game like to be honest um, that's kind of what i want to see like i downloaded that game i just haven't oh, played it yet amazing it's it totally it gorgeous yeah yeah it, it's totally gorgeous um really high-res models and maps and stuff like that and yeah and like the free version on epic gave you all the the cosmetic stuff for free so you just oh. get a bunch of cosmetic stuff so you can just make people look like how you want okay um it's really really fun. Like the game itself is is pretty cool. It's a fun third person shooter with like cool mechanics and it's all Star Wars and yeah, it's good fun. Fun thing to if you've got a big group of people, it's really cool. Um, but the actual game that I want to talk about that I've been playing recently is uh, Hunt Showdown. Oh right, which is a weird thing. Uh, so one of my friends has been playing a lot of Hunt Showdown and has been talking to us about it and then he messaged us one day saying, oh, by the way, it's on sale yeah. for like 15 quid if you want it. And I was like, 15 quid's a bit my limit for a thing that I'll try and I don't yep. really mind if it's bad or not. Totally. Um, so Hunt Showdown is a... It's got a bunch of genres, so I need to think about how to do this. It's a roguelike PvEVP yep. multiplayer shooter with boss mechanics yes it's right this game is really strange to try and explain the game works on it is groups of two or three that get dropped into a map it's kind of like a battle royale kind of Mm -hmm. um you're dropped into a map and on the map there are either one or two bosses that are like big boss monsters one of three bosses that you could fight sure um you have to go around the map and find these things that are clues that will tell you the area of the map where the boss is. Because if you get to the boss and you kill the boss, you get given a bounty token that if you then escape the map with the bounty token, you get a bunch of XP and money. And like that's the the thing you want to do, basically, is kill the boss, get the bounty token, and run away. Um, in the way are a bunch of zombies. This is all like Wild, Wild West style, by the way, I should point yes. out. Um, but like, a bunch da- of zombies like that are dark, like like swampy Wild West, like that kind. Yeah, of... it's the, it's called the 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 area is called the Bayou, so it's a lot right. of like muddy water and uh, sure. stuff, buildings on platforms and stuff like that. So, in your way from to get to the boss, there are the PvP, the PVE element, which is uh, there are zombies uh, that obviously just run at you and lurch at you and stuff like that. Some of them have knives, some of them have torches that can burn you. Um, there are special zombies that have abilities. There's like a it's what called a hive, which is like a woman that has like a beehive in her chest that fires bees at you that poison you and blur your vision and stuff like that. You have to kill them quickly. All the special zombies have like a, d- a different way of dealing with how 
like how you would deal with a zombie. Like one of them is just you have to fucking ignore it because it's massive and has a bunch of health. Um, The favourite one so far is the one called the Emulator, which is a zombie that is on fire. Or it's not on fire, but has been burned and you can see it's like glowing orange. If you deal piercing or slashing damage to it, like with a knife or a gun it then starts firing out of its body and exploding. So you have to, like, bludgeon it to death. So you oh, need, like, so you can't use piercing things? You can't You can't use bullets, you can't use your knife. You right. have to use, like, the butt of your rifle, or you can take in, like, knuckle dusters and punch it to death. Weird. Um, so that's interesting. There are different ways of, like, how you move around the map and deal with mm. those special infected to get to the clues. But the, the real mix is the PvP element, because you're not alone on this map. There are other teams that are also trying to do the same thing that you are. It's what, teams of and two, what, three? Two or three. Two, two or three. Or three. Okay. Different th- you can activate different things to say two or three. Okay. Um, and where that game gets really interesting is dealing with all of that at once, because the thing that kills you in this game is... Because the game is like Rainbow Six level of like one-shot dead, yes. where it is like, if you get hit in the head, you're down, and that's it. Or you can take, like, a couple of body shots and that's it. So it is, like, other players kill you fast. Especially if you don't know where they are. They just, like, out of nowhere, you're dead. You can get picked up and stuff like that, but it's it's still, like, a very, like, you have to be precise. Mm-hmm. Um, so the thing that kills you in this game is not... It is other people, obviously, because they're the thing to the gun. The thing that kills you in this game is being loud and moving quickly and without thought those are the things that kill you in this game because the game deals a lot in how do you manage the noise that you're making so it it, from from a base level it's things like there are a bunch of zombies in the map you don't want to shoot them because that lets people know where you are because you can hear the gunshots like from quite a long distance away you can hear gunfire so you know there are people there so you have to use your knife and stab them which is why the emulator is interesting because it's like oh god i can't use my knife anymore yep um the game also has a bunch of things in the world that will make noise or alert to your presence where it is things like chains hanging from roofs or broken bottles on the ground that make noise or tree branches or um oh, so it's like that level of stealth oh, yeah. that you need to is that to... level of like if you can if you're moving too quickly through a brush you could crack a bit of would and that'll tell people where you are it's things like that like it is proper you have to be almost silent there are things that you can't avoid there are things like um kennels where there are like dogs being kept or like chicken coops that they make noise if you're near them and if you get closer to them all they do is make more noise like regardless of how stealthy you're being right so you just have to deal with that which is you throw a firebomb at it and burn them all like that's the so you have to make noise if you see that but there are things that are like crows like big big groups of crows are the big one where it's like they won't fly up unless you're moving aggressively near them so it's about being quiet and moving around them stealthily um so it's that and then there's also like don't be on the main road and don't be in obvious places because then people will see you and shoot you like that's the thing so you have to like move around the brush and be very very quiet and stealthy and it's about knowing when you can move and when you can't that is sure. the the kind of key to this game which makes for a really interesting dynamic where it is if you are 
So you you're in a situation where you hear gunfire close to you, but you and you want to go to it because you want to deal with the people that are there, but you can't be too aggressive about it because then you'll they'll get alerted to you being there. It's all about getting the drop on people sure. and like positioning yourself in such a way as to where people won't expect you to be. Uh, which is why things like shrubbery and brushline and elevation and stuff like that are all very important because if they don't see you, you just get free reign over them and you can just take them out. It's really simple. Um, and the reason that death matters in that game is because... So if you go down, you can get picked back up to the point where uh, your health, the health bar that you have, if you go down and you get picked back up, you lose a bar of your health. You can't recover it. Right. So you could do that. The amount of bars of health that you have or the amount of times you could go down and be recovered, basically. Gotcha. Um, but if you go down and you get burned by like a firebomb or something like that, if your body burns to death, that character is dead and cannot be revived. Oh, so it's like and specific types of damage will are more dangerous. So yeah, so like, yeah burning, burning takes away maximum health, like bars of health. Right. And like poison does the same thing. So you can deal with people in that way. The reason that, that matters is the roguelike element of that game where if your character dies, they are gone and you cannot use them again. Um, so when you're when you're prepping to go into a game, it is about the people, the roster of people that you have. And you always have the option of just like hiring people for free, but you can then also pay the in-game currency to hire people that have slightly better gear or some... Uh, perks like already established on them because as you level up if you win games you get XP that goes to your account level but also that character that you won the game with that mm. you can then spend on perks that will modify their abilities right. so like things like you can sprint for longer or you can fire lever action rifles from the hip faster and things like that Gotcha. Um, so you can spend more money at the roster stage to get people that have some of these perks already which makes them slightly better which means you can survive a bit more but it means that death in the game has a tangible con- consequence yeah. of like that character is gone and you can't use them anymore. So that could be things like that one character that you got to like level 40 something is dead and then is gone and you can't use them anymore. And their equipment is gone as well. You can't recover their equipment. You have to go buy more equipment. Um, do you become more resilient? It's probably the wrong word. But like, do you get more health the higher level you are? Like, are or is it still like you'll you get more, still within you- one hit? You don't get more health, but you could get perks that would make you more resilient. Right. Slightly more resilient. Not a lot, but a little bit more resilient. Okay. Um, but it is, it is the game is focused around this whole, like, you having to plan your actions and then execute on it. It's not just like a, oh, this guy's level 50, I can't kill him. If right. I hit him in the head with a gun, he's still dead. Like, right. that's the, sure. the key to that game. That's kind of what I was asking. Um, but yeah, it's a fascinating thing of... Um, Games go from being like super tense and stealthy to being, oh fuck, it's on like very, very quickly. Because the second that someone fires and you hear it near you, like you hear a bullet whiz past your head or hit you near somewhere, it's suddenly like, fuck, everybody scatter and find cover and find it. The first thing is like, where the fuck did that come from? Because if they're good, you've got no idea where they're firing from and you have to like be very careful about scanning the horizon. Sure. Um, so it is this very purposeful, methodical shooter, which is something you don't see a lot these days. Mm-hmm. Um, 
which is very interesting. I, I really enjoy playing it. It's very stressful, so I don't play it for very long periods of time. This sounds but, like a lot of my experience with GTFO. Like it said, I'm hearing yeah, a lot of the same so it, things. It's the same sort of idea as GTFO, where it is very intense, so I can't play it for a long period of time. But the time I do spend playing it, it is very interesting and very fun. Um, it's just not, there's nothing quite like it. It's 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 getting this niche sort of area where it's like, a battle royale game, but it is very punishing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really cool, though. Like I, I do enjoy it. It's got a lot of depth to it as well. Like there are different guns and different uh, bits of equipment that you can bring at any given moment. They'll do different things. Um, so you can really like customize how you play. You could like swap between like I have this like long rifle with a scope to like dual pistols to like shotguns, and there's a whole bunch of different things you can do. Nice. Um, it's a really cool thing. I enjoy it quite. Uh, I enjoy it quite a lot, but I don't play it very frequently. Is there um, is there any way to put real money into that game? No. Yeah, there is a premium currency that you can spend on um, legendary hunters and legendary guns. But as far as I'm aware, that's just like the guns themselves are just like a cosmetic thing. Like they're not. I obviously haven't gone into it, so I don't know for a fact. But there are. I think it's just skins for guns, I think. Right. I'm not sure. But there's I'm no way for check. you to like put a bunch of money into something and then have that character die. Uh I'm not sure, but I think if you buy a legendary hunter with real guns and they die, they're probably dead. Like Oh right, you you're think, buying the full hunter, it's not like a skin for one of your normal hunters, right? It's... So I think yeah, but I think but I think what it is again, I would need to double check this because I'm not sure. What it would make sense for me to do is if you pay it it then goes into like the pool of hunters that you can recruit, right. so you could like buy uh, them again at some other point. Okay, that I'm makes... not. Sh- I'm not a hundred percent sure. It would be weird if you spent money on a thing and it died and you couldn't use it again. That would be really strange. Because I remember there was a but... couple. Of, there's a couple of games over the years that have have gone. No, we really are fucking serious about this, and you can spend money on stuff that is just gone. Like, but that's. Seems... I don't. I, yeah, I I really don't know with Hunt Showdown. That's something I would need to look into because uh, I don't know how the the packs work yeah because um, i have obviously haven't bought any yet yeah yeah um yeah i don't know oh. is, the, is the real answer okay um yeah that's kind of all i've been doing cool um kind of yeah so the, the problem with is um having not done this for a month and a half is we've missed all of the we've missed a couple of big discourse moments of like we have yeah we we, we 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 missed the resident evil tall lady discourse we missed the uh God, what was the other thing that happened? The the GameStop stocks debacle. We missed oh, a God, bunch yeah. of other stuff. Um, the, the yeah, Reddit, Reddit Reddit stonks uprising. That oh, is fuck yeah. Currently still going on, as far as I'm aware. But yeah. I yeah maybe I don't know. Um, yeah, so I've got a couple of the, the big things I thought were important here. Um, so they announced finally the least best kept secret of gaming where that mm. mass effect legendary edition is coming yeah, yeah 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 which is a remaster so it's 14th of may i want to say yes which is remasters of all three games and 4k coming to ps4 xbox one pc with forward compatibility um no deal so the, the important things about it for me where there's no multiplayer at all They've removed Mass Effect 2 multiplayer, which I... Three three multiplayer. Three multiplayer, which I spent... No, two, right? Because that was the thing with the galactic readiness. 
Yeah, that was three. Because you were getting ready for the Reapers. You're right, it's three. Um, Which I spent a lot of money on back in the day. Um, But yeah, um, so there's no multiplayer, which is kind of annoying, because I kind of like the multiplayer in that game. Uh, I I didn't mind the multiplayer, but I hated how it tied into the main story. Yeah, that stuff was bonkers, but once you'd finished the game, I played a lot of that multiplayer. Um, So the other really interesting, just weird game development thing was... So they're including all of the DLC from all of the games in that game, um, mm-hmm. including. So I think they said like I think the trailer is right, where it's like dozens of DLC if you actually like add it all together. Yeah. Like it's a lot of fucking stuff on that game. There's a lot of stuff, yeah, yeah. Um, the one that's not making it is Pinnacle Station. It's, that's Pinnacle Station, yeah. Yeah. Did you see this stuff? It's kind of yeah, wild. Yeah, I saw. I I I didn't see why, but I saw people saying that Pinnacle Station wasn't so, included for weird reasons. Yeah. So the only reason it's not there is because the original source code for that DLC is gone. Oh yeah, that was they it. Can, yeah, yeah, so yeah. it was made by a different studio. It was developed by Boston-based Demiurge Studios. I don't know who that is. Yeah. Um, they no are. Idea. They have made. This is Demiurge Games. Oh, it looks like it's a support studio for a bunch of stuff. Like, they've worked on, like, Rock Band and Borderlands and Marvel Puzzle Quest and Bioshock. Like, they're a support studio, basically, for, for a bunch of other things. Um, but basically, they can't... They have the source code, but the source code is completely corrupted and they cannot reproduce it at all. Um, Bioware said that they basically need six months of their current team to be able to recreate that DLC. So they just decided to cut it. Um, which yeah. I'm sure is infuriating if this is supposed to be like the definitive Mass Effect release and you're like we can't do this one thing that would make it so, all of it you know the, the thing about it is Pinnacle Station doesn't really matter mm-hmm. at the end of the day because Pinnacle Station was just like their wave based survival yes. thing they gave you loot it's not super relevant it's it's fine as long as it, for for Mass Effect One because Pinnacle Station was one right is that not uh, yes yeah so as long as bring down the sky is in it which yes. it is then there's not a lot of Mass Effect One DLC that really matters sure especially Pinnacle Station the the ones that the ones that matter are the ones that were spent a lot of time on which is two and three. Like stuff like Citadel and stuff like Leviathan and all that stuff that's really, really important to Mass Effect. Totally, yeah. Um, like out of the ones they could have lost, it's probably the least important yeah, one they could have lost. I, I, obviously, it's bad in the sense of like this was supposed to be a definitive edition and it yeah. isn't because not everything's there. But for what matters in Mass Effect, it's what you want, probably. Totally. Yeah. Especially since they're redoing one and like doing all that stuff up. Um it might make one playable again, I hope. Because one's not very so, playable. Yeah, the thing. But... They, so the thing they've talked about so far, it's weird. I still can't. So when when this got announced, I think I was I was away somewhere or wasn't paying attention. I came back to Twitter and it was like, oh, everyone's talking about it. So they must have just announced the date or whatever it was. People keep talking about like the website having like comparison videos and stuff like that. I can't mm-hmm. get a website like the old, when I go to like whatever it is, massfet.com slash legendary edition or whatever the fuck the URL is. It just takes me to like the N7 day blog post about, yep, we're doing it with no extra details. Like, oh, there's, there, there are comparison videos around if you look at them. I know they're around. Like, you know, it, it, yeah. All people were saying like, because you know you get on websites you, like you, for, for this kind of stuff, like Digital Foundry and stuff does this where like we'll have two screenshots you can pan between like with a line that like there's a line down the middle of the image. Yeah, right, right, right. They have yeah. that for video. 
apparently. I was like, oh, that's cool. That's a good evolution of that system. I can't find this website that they keep talking about. So who knows? Oh, sure. Okay. Um, but I've seen a bunch of the videos. Like, it looks, yeah, like, it looks pretty sharp. Like, the textures look pretty sharp. It's... Yeah, they do. You know, it's like thing. But the things they've said specifically is they're taking the Mass Effect 2 and 3 UI into uh, HUD specifically into one and they're Good. fixing yeah. the Mako control, uh, controls, fixing in inverted Good. commas, whatever that means. Yeah. Um, well, they were shit before, so yeah, they probably yeah. make it so that you can actually do it. Um, but the things that they haven't talked about yet is the things that stop me from playing one, which is like, hey, have you fixed that inventory system? Hey, does that game work um, like a video game? Uh, that kind of stuff, which I assume it will, but like, it's how much they're going to change in one is kind of the thing I'm most interested in, because I still have never, yeah, I don't I've know. never yeah. finished one, so... I, I would looking forward to go back and playing that um, and also like my wife's expressed an interest in going back and playing those games because she only played oh I two I I think 100% will go back and play all those games yeah, when that so comes out like I will at least experience all three of those games even if I don't play them myself um, yeah. so yeah May 17th for that we'll see also there's a a legendary cache I think is what they're calling it the like super special edition yeah which, doing, which has a yeah. wearable N7 helmet a big old N7 helmet which with, is really tempting <laughs> yeah i also but, has um yeah. it has a lights on it and the lights can be switched between paragon and renegade which i think is pretty fun of course, of course they can um but also that version uh doesn't come with the game which i think is also very yeah, funny. Of, course, of course not it's just a box with all the other stuff in it not but it comes with a steel book which doesn't have a game yeah. in it which that's is... what you do when you make when you make video game special editions is you make a steelbook. That's the so actually like so that thing is one hundred and forty dollars, one hundred and fifty dollars. I think it is. So you're actually paying two hundred if you want the actual game again. Actually, I don't know how much the game's going to cost, but I assume it's going to be full price. So um, yeah, it's been two hundred dollars. Yeah, I was looking at it going, we could put that helmet somewhere. Yeah, but like yeah, probably... that's what I was thinking as well. But like, like, where can I put that helmet? But like somebody, as somebody who said I stopped wearing my N7 hoodie because Andromeda was such a complete shit show. Like, mm, mm. would you be willing to put an N7 hat in your house again? Has has yeah, Andromeda been forgiven? At this Not point? really. That's the problem. <laughs> right. I mean, they have announced a new Mass Effect game, right? A sequel. Have they? Yeah. Well, yeah. They, they've given they've given like a four second trailer. Or yeah. Whatever, yeah. But like, they're but, doing yeah. something. Right, so, they're doing something. Yes, in the same way that they're doing something with Dragon Age, they're doing something with yeah, Mass Effect. Totally. Like, who knows? Who that game. the fuck knows what that's going to be? Totally. Um, yeah. So there's that. Uh, there was the. What did I just delete that tab? I did. Um, the Microsoft uh, Xbox Live Gold stuff from a couple of weeks ago was kind oh, of interesting. Yeah. That was fun. Oh God! So. In the long history of Microsoft going, oh fuck, and doing a 180 on some particular part of their system, um, of their subscription systems. So they, Microsoft basically announced an uh, uh, increase in price on Xbox Live, which is not Xbox Game Pass. That's a different thing. So Live is still a thing, even on yeah. Series X and Series S. So you still need Xbox Live to play online. I think they've removed like Netflix and the browser from Gold, but like if you want to play multiplayer, you still have to play Xbox Live Gold. Despite the fact that Game Pass is also there and Live Ultimate, which is Gold and Game Pass, right? I'm getting that right. I think so, yeah. Yeah. So basically they increased the price of Live to the point where Oh god, the the numbers around this thing was kind of wild. So 
depending on how you bought the subscription depending on how much the price went up so if you bought if so the per month one went up by a dollar to 10.99 a month five dollars for three it went up five dollars for a three-month membership and the 12 month and six month pricing went up to 30 dollars and 60 dollars for six months yeah so that is basically like, hey, Xbox Live, if you want a year's worth of Xbox Live, which you can't buy year cards anymore, which was a thing, or year subscriptions anymore, which was a thing they removed, um, is $120 a month a year for Xbox Live Gold, which all, only gives you access to online. I think that's basically all Live Gold does now at this point. Like, I don't think it actually gives you anything... Yeah, because Game Pass is a different thing now. So yeah, they still do. Ga- sorry, they still do games with gold, so you do get free games yeah. as that. Oh, okay, but, sure. But it's still one hundred twenty dollars a month. And then Game Pass is like what sixty um sixty a year, something like that. Something like that, yeah. Which is a separate thing. So this happened, and they were like, it was quite clear for a lot of people that this was them going. You need to shunt this to. Like they're trying to move people onto Ultimate is basically what they're trying to get, which is fifty dollars yeah. a month for Ultimate. Yeah. So there was a huge big outcry about this thing, especially oh, because God, it was massive. Yeah. Especially because back at the time, oh, so the other thing that's hidden behind gold was free to play games. So yeah, if you bought, for instance, the Series S for your kid for Christmas who only plays yep. Fortnite, you're yep. still paying hundred twenty dollars a month for Fortnite. A, a yes. ostensibly free game, right, on top of the, the console you've bought. So that happened on the 22nd of January. 23rd of January, Microsoft completely backtracked on all of it. <laughs> um, where's the statement? Um, Microsoft full statement from their blog post, quote, we messed up today and you were right to let us know. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. They, there, was, there was a huge outcry and then, yeah, Microsoft has basically had a post where they were just like okay yeah we did it wrong sorry so not only did they reverse all of that and keep all the original prices they also removed the free to play stuck behind gold thing so free to play games are actually now free to play because that was the only system you can play play Fortnite without a gold thing because that was the only game that that was the only system left that did that where like if you wanted to play Fortnite on PlayStation or Switch you didn't need PS Plus or Nintendo Online eh no you don't need Nintendo Online to play Fortnite Fortnite on Switch, I'm pretty sure, but you definitely don't for PlayStation anyway. So it was the one, le- it was the yeah. one left that had all this stuff, and they were like, "Okay, we heard you. We're not doing this thing, and also we're fixing the free to play problem." But the idea that this happened in the first place is kind of bonkers. Like, yeah, it's, the, the idea that this was even a thing is insane. Yeah, um, especially because like their entire lifeline at this point is goodwill and services first. Like the idea that they would then screw people over on a particular instance of their services. It just didn't match any of the messaging that they've been doing over the past year. It was really, really strange. Um, And, like, on the surface, like, for most people who don't just buy two games a year, like, Game Pass is still a better deal. So Ultimate is probably still a better deal for most people. But, again, like, if you're buying a console for a kid who plays Fortnite, you should not have to pay £120 a month $120 no, a year. No, absolutely, yeah. Like, 
So they, you one hundred you one hundred percent should not have to spend a lot of money to give your kid a Fortnite machine and then spend more. Like totally. that's not. It was especially because that kid is also probably going to want V Bucks. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we messed up today, and you're right to let us know. Connecting and play, connecting and playing with friends is a vital part of gaming, and we failed to meet the expectations yeah. of players who count on it every day. As a result, we've decided not to change Xbox Live Gold pricing. So again, this was twenty four hours, or just less than twenty four hours this turn, which shows how panicked they got very quickly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and then the rest of the blog post is weird because the rest of the blog they kept the original blog post and just added this thing at the top, and then the. The rest of the blog post, the bits that are no longer true, they've just literally scored out. <laughs> Excellent. Like, they just put big <laughs> fucking lines through it. Um, so, yeah, that was that was an interesting turn. Um, I Even at this point, I'm kind of done talking about Cyberpunk until something pretty major happens. But yeah, I'm waiting on something. At this point, like, it's more CD Projekt rather than Cyberpunk. But, so, January, January 13th, CD Project put out a statement. It's called "Our Commitment to Quality" on their YouTube channels and on Twitter and all this. Yeah, this stuff. is the, this is the video, right? Let's yeah, this is the video yeah. they put. So they it was um, oh, what's dude's name? CEO of company um, whose name nope. is Don't in know. this somewhere, and I can't find it on this post. Uh, they have not written dude's name on this post. Wow. Okay. Sure. You you go and I'll find it. Yeah, story. sure. Whatever. Anyway. Oh, there you go. Marcin. Oh, God, it's, it's Polish as well, so I'm going to butcher yeah, the pronunciation it on it. Anyway, CEO of... Founder and co-chief executive of CD Projekt Red, basically, um, on the 13th, put out this video, which was called Our Commitment to Quality. And it was this weird roller coaster of, wait, what? And, okay. Yeah. And, wait, what? Like, just constantly, this whole thing. So... The the video starts with him going, basically, yeah, we know the the launch was all kind of fucked up, and we're really sorry about that, and we're still committed to fixing it. Cool. There's also a section which is like, we're still doing the updates we promised, and because we're CD Projekt Red, we're still doing a bunch of free updates that are going to extend this game, but we've had to push them out to fix the current state of affairs, so they're now later than they originally planned, even though we haven't actually announced dates for any of that kind of stuff. Um, right yeah they confirmed yeah we're doing a patch in January yes we're doing a patch in February and then from then on we don't have plans but we'll see how it goes Um, and also judging judging by the fact that the patch in January came out and everybody was like this isn't it like this isn't this isn't no like it made some steps this also in fact this also in fact introduced a game breaking bug into the game (laughs) that deletes people's save files yep (laughs) it's great and also it broke the, the patch they added to fix one of the story missions broke the story mission in a different way and then also yeah. people discovered yeah. that, and then also people discovered that there's a remote code exploit and that can be used in the DLLs for the game so they had to patch that like yesterday oh, God, or whatever it was so there's all that kind of stuff where you're like okay fine like yes you're fixing the thing of course you're going to fix the thing and as far as I know that game's still not for sale on PlayStation um, on the PS Store I don't think so yeah like none of that stuff so. has changed so then the what the fuck moment started where they put up this roadmap, which was like, here's everything we've done so far. And at the time when they put this out, like 106 was the patch. And then they're doing this 1-1 patch in January, this 1-2 patch in February. And then this roadmap just has this hatched in section of like the rest of the year, which has like, which is as a sign that says multiple updates and improvements, 
with yeah. two lines in it going free DLCs and free next gen console update. So there's yeah. two, there's two ways to read this. One is that the free DLCs is further left than the free next gen console update. Which, if you read yep. this roadmap very literally, that means that this next gen console update is happening at the second half of next of this year, second half yeah. of twenty twenty one, which is still mm-hmm. fucking wild, That's right? Way like, way too far away. Yeah, that's far too far away. Like at this point, I mean, it depends. I, I my guess, my only guess, being very very generous to them, is they are watching stock numbers of next gen consoles come out, right? And I assume at some point that is going to, they are going to have to just go the old gen stuff is old gen like it's kind of fucked we're really sorry you've got your <laughs> kind own... of fucked okay it's a hundred percent royally fucked yeah there you go we've we've patched it as much as we can you've got your you've got your refund if you want a refund yeah if you ever decide to upgrade to next gen here's the next gen version that's quote unquote fixed right like that is how yeah. i assumed this was going to go but if they're talking, like, again, if you take this roadmap very literally, you're talking, like, if you take it as a percentage of the year, that's, like, September, October yep. next year for the free next-gen console update. Again, and there are people who bought the PS4 version or Xbox One version of that game expecting that when they got their console in November or Christmas, they would be like, cool, yeah. like, February, March, probably, is when this thing's coming out. And you're like, nope, October. Nope. Longer than that. Like, what the fuck? Also, my... my The interesting thing... You're right. That's totally fucked. The interesting thing that I thought of it... So they, they highlighted on the roadmap where they said, like, free DLC or something like yeah. that, like, on the, the actual yep. roadmap. My thought was, was that DLC always free? Or is that a thing that they are putting in for free as a kind of placation sort of... So... It's yeah. okay, guys. We're not going to charge you for... Because if they came out with a charged DLC... People would have like lynched them. Like it was like yep. it, it, they wouldn't have survived. Like if they'd asked for more money for DLC for a broken game. Especially so I don't know if that is them. Especially in a world where they put them out before this next gen update, right? Like yeah. Especially if that if that roadmap is literal, then yeah. Especially in a world where they don't even have the updates for the PS5 and the Xbox One X or the the Xbox. Fuck, what's the name of the new Xbox? Series X? <laughs> Series X. Um, yeah, especially in that world, they then would not have the balls to say, like, hey, do you want to give us an extra 10 quid or whatever? Totally. So did that mean that they have to change that to free DLC so that they don't so get murdered again? What, was, that- this, what was the situation with Witcher 3? Were those DLCs free? Was, like, Blood and Wine and stuff like that? No, that was charged. Right. So what but was... They were, like, 12 quid or whatever. So what was free for Witcher 3? Because I know a lot of people looked at Witcher was- 3 and was like, they're just giving us a bunch of updates for free and it's great. Yeah, it was things like they put in extra items and different armor sets and weapons and stuff like that. Like, it was minor stuff. Oh, so it wasn't like it even, wasn't... like, content? Interesting. It was, there, might, there might have been some quest lines. I don't remember, because Witcher 3 was a long time ago. But, yeah, yeah. Um, the big ones that everybody cares about, like Blood and Wine and Heart of Stone and all that sort of Heart of Ice or whatever it was called, yeah. were charged DLC contents. Which is why I'm interested in the statement of free DLCs as well, where totally. it's like... Are they, are they just putting in, like, some guns? Or are they yeah. putting in, like, actual content for free? Like, I don't know. Totally. Like, I, now, now I, think, I think that that game has such bad will that at any point, if they ask for money for DLC, people are not going to be happy. Like, like it's... the only way I can see this going, if they wanted to make good on a lot of this and not ruin the last shreds of goodwill that they have, 
they yeah. have to come out like when this next gen, this next gen console update thing has to be like their realm reborn moment of like right we fixed all the shit start it again this is, a, this is cyberpunk 2077 v2 we yeah. have we have reworked a bunch of this it is stable it is here's all the next gen stuff which is stable and works out the gate and also here's your first dlc pack if you want it right sure like those things can those things have to be in that order if they put out a deal of paid dlc pack before they fix their shit i think that's mm. it i think that's them going mm. like they can't they just can't right no i, I like, agree they can't do that that's not and like the problem with this is that this is also caught up into like people's perception of game development as opposed to what actually happens where my guess is that well actually you know what i don't know because like a bunch more reporting came out of from um the reporters you would recognize who do this kind of stuff i can't remember if it was actually schreier or not but um basically like a bunch of interviews with devs at cdpr of being like which had a bunch of stuff came out of it like is that like that e3 demo was complete smoke and mirrors that yeah, game possibly only yeah. started development in 2018. A bunch of other stuff that is like still not officially confirmed, but like the reporting was felt confident enough to say that kind of stuff. And a whole yeah. bunch of stuff about the development of that game. So normally what would happen in this type of video game, if everything had gone right, is that that DLC, their first like big story content DLC would have started development before the game came out. Just as a as a as the way that these things cycle where like yes as the game's being development the pre-production of the dlc will have started as the game is being finished possibly some artists who are not needed anymore will be building stuff for the dlc all this kind of stuff so that when the dlc comes out and it's like a year or it's like a month later you're like why aren't you fixing the game or as opposed to doing this well this dlc has been around forever like we're just polishing it and getting out there like these things overlap but in this game specifically if they yeah, this, a is, this of, is a very specific circumstance yeah. where this game has such a bad air surrounding it. Yeah. Is the... If you put out a bunch of content for money before you fix your fucking game, that is a bad yeah. look, regardless if that DLC you, was ready to go. You lose launch. at that point. That's, yeah. yeah, like it is, it is, at that point, it is purely visual as opposed to like what's actually happening. Like that DLC could be yeah. fucking ready to go. You cannot put that out until you fix your fucking game. It nope, is, not at all. Yeah, it's fascinating. So then, speaking of fixing your fucking game, the wording on that statement was so wild. Oh, I God. could yeah, not the, believe it. So the 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 absolute turn that happened. It was it was it was it was it was almost masterful. Like it was a really clever if turn not- of them saying we're not blaming anybody like this is on management it's okay it's fine yeah. this is my and then fault the immediate this is the board's turn- fault yeah this is the board's fault don't blame anybody else and then the immediate turn to this wasn't picked up by qa yeah and you're like that's you blaming qa yeah. what are you doing and those th- <laughs> yeah. those things were separated by like a sentence it yeah, was like-, like not not a less than a minute like it was yeah, yeah. We we this is entirely our fault we pushed it too early like we were unrealistic about time scales this is entirely our fault but QA, yeah. there was a bunch of issues with the current gen console, previous gen consoles that were not picked up by QA. And it's like, yeah. if you're not paying attention, like all of that sounds believe. Well, all of that sounds fine. But if you know oh, yeah, anything you, about, you have to think about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you know anything about one, how software works, two, how games work, like any of that point, if you take a step back and look at that sentence, like the whiplash from this is entirely our fault to it's their fault, 
at the yeah. same time as they're saying please don't blame our devs like it's yeah. just it like don't don't blame anybody except the, except for me and the board and oh, also, also QA. maybe QA yeah because QA get the, the shit end of the stick every time anyway. Yeah, like, they're, they are the worst treated people yeah. usually. At the same time as, I can't remember if it was immediately before or immediately after, but after the this reporting came out of the some of the extra reporting on the development of that game, which was like, yeah, no wonder QA didn't catch a bunch of stuff because they didn't have time. Like, all of this, it was such a bizarre... Like, they just keep continually putting their foot in it every single time. Like, they just cannot... They cannot get their messaging straight to a point where anyone's yeah. going to be happy with this thing. It's just, it's so weird. It's just so weird. Um, and the, the other part of it as well is they talked about um, review codes getting making it to players. Oh and they yeah. Were like, which was the other part of it? Just like so the PC. So the, the 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 original thing was like everyone who got review code only got PC code and nobody got console, console code until launch. Yeah. Right. Yep. And their, their, their I guess, explanation for that, which, depending on how generous you want to be, veered from, like, a elaboration on an explanation of the truth that is maybe believable to a downright lie, where... So they, they gave the PC version, but they were like, we found a bunch of late-breaking issues with the current-gen versions that mm-hmm. were going to be in the zero... We were confident the we were going to fix in time... Yeah. But it kept getting delayed to the point where the review codes eventually went out. Um, eventually came out like just before launch, whatever it was, because we got delayed because there yeah. were some last minute bugs. And you're like, okay, but that doesn't explain anything else that happened with that game. Like, yes, people could only review the PC version, but also the PC version was also kind of fucked for reviewers. Oh but, yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not as straightforward as like this version was broken. All the versions were broken. It's oh. just that the specific version that they didn't give to people was way more broken. Yeah, um, totally. Yeah, um, to- yeah, totally. And it was just like, so it's it's not our fault that we had how broken the previous the previous gen versions of the game was, but. My only conclusion for all of, all of this is that they did not give a fuck about reviews. Because nobody would have, like, you don't, if you were reasonably confident that the the state of the game, because the game I played at launch on PC, on a good PC, and got insanely Mm -hmm. lucky, was janky, but playable. Like, I did not have one crash. Yeah. All of the bugs. That's, yeah, that's about the same experience as I had. Yeah, it and was, all the all the it bug- was broken. It was broken from like an engine perspective, but yes. nothing like crashed or had any yeah. bugs or. Yeah. And any of the bugs we saw sounded pretty like reproducible on both of our. Like I remember that. Remember the day we talked about on this podcast about Cyberpunk, and you're like, "Oh yeah, then this happened to me," and you said, "Yep, that happened to me," and then this happened. And, yep, oh yeah, happened yeah our me. bugs matched up. Yeah. yeah, like that was the kind of state. But like that game was playable from start to finish, janky yeah. but fine. Mm-hmm. But like, which is wildly different from basically every review, yeah, you saw right. So like, if you actually cared about review scores, you would have not released reviews about that game, right? Like, you would have you would have put the code out at launch and been like, we had to fix all this stuff because you put out that version of the game that got reviews. Like, they got some bad reviews because that game was fucking broken, right? Like that yeah, version that totally. they got so they just yeah. they obviously just did not care about reviews to the same level right that they would especially because they you would assume put... so yeah oh god that game was fucking 
I can't wait until all of this can be fucking sorted or done or wrapped this up is in the, some the, way. This is the classic, there should probably be a book written about this totally. sort of thing, that, like, Jason Schreier or whatever should just do, like, a year's worth of reporting totally. and then make a book and then... Because here's the thing, like, once we can stop, once CD Projekt Red can stop just shitting on the floor constantly, like, we can get back to them actually doing stuff on the framework of a game that has a pretty decent framework that could be made great. Like, we can start, get back to start talking about that. Yeah. Maybe. And, like, like all of the stuff that happened so far, like, I mean, like, we're going to talk about top five stuff at some point during the game of the year, but, like, Cyberpunk being in my top five has the most caveats of any game I've ever played. Yeah. And is, sure. like having to deal with the fact that, like, I actually kind of like that game, but that company is complete fucking garbage is so difficult to wrestle with internally that, like... Yeah. That game has been on and off of my top five since I started thinking about top fives. Like, it wasn't there, and then it was, and then it wasn't, and then... Oh, God. Fix your fucking game. Fix your fucking game. Yeah. Um, Would be good. Would be nice. Um... Stadia, Google Stadia, had a bad oh, yeah. time with it as well. Like just the mm-hmm. week before this came out, uh, before this is going to come out, they closed their internal development studios, which is like 150 developers ish, and basically said that any game slated for release beyond a specific 2021 window would not be would not be coming out, and they've disbanded the studio. Yeah. Stadia theoretically yep. will continue, but they're doing it as like a technology thing for other companies. Um, yeah, or they're offering technology they're to other companies or something like that. Platform, but, platform stuff as opposed yeah. to and also like game development. If you've actually done the crazy thing and bought some games on Stadia, you can still get them. And like Stadia itself is not shutting down; they're just no. not doing any in, any specific games. They are not making games. games. Yeah. So I mean, this That's is the where. this is the first nail in the coffin, right? Like this is them going. This is them starting to back down. This is them doing the Google yep. thing of going like, we are going to roll this service up at some point. So that that sure is what it seems like. Yep. Yep. Um, and that sucks for those developers because they poached some really top quality talent from around the industry did, for yeah. this thing. Um, yeah. Like Jade Raymond was the head of those inter- uh, internal studio and she's now gone and moved on to something else. Um, <laughs> their statement about um, we... we we're dissolving the studio and offering developers other positions within Google. And it's like, if you're a game developer, there ain't a position in Google for you. Like, if you're not, like, theoretically, like, programming, like, there's no position for you in Google. Like, what the fuck? Like, there's no audio director going to work at any point within Google. Like, it's just not going to happen. No, yeah, not going to work. Yeah. Also, at the other part of that game, Stadia is still not available for all Chromecasts. <laughs> Is it not? I thought it was. So I I bought, um, like, I think it was October, November last year, I bought the new, new Chromecast, the one with the remote that runs Google TV for my TV to do 4K stuff. Um, So that is, like, the latest top-level Chromecast you can buy. Stadia is not supported on that Chromecast. (laughs) It's like... Amazing. What the fuck? Incredible. Oh, fuck. Why not? Yep. Um, And then the very final thing, um, which happened a couple of days ago... Uh, I uh, it's at the hub KW on Twitter. It appears to be a um uh um. I, I I cannot tell where it's from, so I'm not going to make any assumptions about where it's from. Yeah. but this is a Arabic yeah. article, so 
that part of the world. Um, they interviewed Akira Yomoka um, about yeah. various things. Uh, video interviewed him actually, which was on their it's on their YouTube page. Um, uh, this art this article says, or this so they took that took that video and clipped a, a section of it and basically said. Akira Yomoka, composer on Silent Hill and Contra, teases new project to be announced during the summer, said to the interview, quote, I think it's the one you're hoping to hear about. So that's mm. being, like, double translated, obviously, like, from yeah, Japanese yeah, yeah. and then from the original language. Um, but you look at that and you go, huh, how many games from Akira Yomoka would you be hoping to hear about soon? That's interesting. Cough, cough, yeah. Silent Hill. The day, like, I, but what the, yeah, what does that mean? Is the totally like I can't imagine. Like, what, I can't imagine what other the games people that own Silent Hill don't want to make Silent Hill don't want to make video games right. anymore. So what does that mean? Like, so that's... and also like the week before, there was the the news the news reports about Konami officially dissolving their games studio. Right? Yeah, and totally. Like, yeah, yeah, they didn't actually. They renamed some stuff in this very Japanese business thing of like this business unit is now this business unit and like. All, they kind of renamed a bunch of stuff and moved some stuff, some staff around, but theoretically nothing's actually really changed. But I yeah. think a lot of people saw that stuff, saw this stuff, and was like, are Konami finally licensing out their license, their properties to other people? Are letting other people make things? Yeah, because I cannot... Want to. Looking at... Looking at... Like, when Akira Yomoka says it's the one you're hoping to hear about, that has to be Silent Hill, right? Like, there's not... Like, he's not going to say that for there's a new Contra game coming. Like, that's not... That doesn't... I mean... It could be. Yeah. But, like... What if he just announces, like, a a concert series or something like that? Like, what if he goes on tour again? Specifically, he's talking about a title that is being announced in summer. Oh. Okay. So, so was that. So, people immediately got that. announced in summer. Yes. Is that, like, a big E3 reveal or something, do you think? Probably. Or whatever Whatever, whatever E3 E3 looks like this year, yeah. Yeah, something to be announced in summer. Um, So, people's got that, that... went around and was like oh fuck like the silent hill thing's happening which is weird especially on the back of the medium coming out which is like a third party doing a, doing a silent hill with yeah. him doing music people They're trying like, to do a silent hill hey yeah. are they bringing back silent hill has somebody got the license is somebody building that actual game or konami building like what's all this mean 24 hours later statement from the official the the website where the interview was done from i'll just read it verbatim statement we thank you for your support, which contributed to the spread of the interview that we published yesterday with Akira Yomoka around the world. We've been asked to remove the clip, and it has been removed. We apologise and stay tuned for the next interviews. So, in a world where people are going, oh fuck, are they making Silent Hill? Yeah. Who I assume Konami, because who else would do it, said, can you please remove this clip? That's basically a confirmation, right? Like, that. there's no you, other... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like you don't, but like he didn't explicitly say anything, so like you still don't know. But yes, in theory, if people are saying like, don't, don't talk about this, and then people are talking about it, yeah. But like, yeah, also, like, like yeah. He, he didn't say Silent Hill, but no, of being, course, yeah, being him and saying that sentence, and everyone else going, that's probably Silent Hill. Whoever is developing or Konami looked at that and went, we are it. We are not ready to announce this thing. You have to pull this clip because it is giving away the thing we have just confirmed is probably actually happening. And you're just like, yeah, so wild. But th- so that was the th- that that was super interesting. Again, twenty four hour turnaround. In fact, I think it was less than that actually. It was, but um, yeah, like that's wild. Like, what does that mean? Like, all it does is raise a bunch more questions about what that yeah, fucking no means. Idea. Yeah, who owns Silent Hill at this point? 
is the is the our blooper team now just super pissed that the license was up for grabs and they couldn't get it? Like they couldn't make a Silent Hill game. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Who knows? Um, it's is it Silent Hills? Uh, is fucking it's, thingy coming back? Is uh, what's his face? Uh, Guillermo del Toro and Guillermo del Toro and Norman Reedus. Is he in it? Is Kojima getting it? Like, is that the next Kojima game? Did he actually go back and get want, it? I don't want to know what a Kojima Silent Hill game looks like. Actually, I do. That's yeah, you 100% person. do, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, who knows? So, yeah, summer will be... Uh, yes, awesome, good. Let's see what the fuck yeah. that is. And also... Yeah, well, I don't this, know what that is, but... This is a personal thing, but it'll also be super bummed and super... I think it'll be hilarious if it is actually, like, a Contra or something else. But, yeah... That'll be funny. Yeah, like, I, I can't think what else he would be doing. So, I, yeah, probably. I think it's the one you're hoping to hear about. Has to be. Has to be. <laughs> I mean, the thing I want to hear about is him, like, him coming back and I was going to that concert again. That yep. would be cool. Totally. That'd, that'd be I'd interesting. Love to see that. But, yeah. Um, yeah, probably. I don't know. Cool. I, um, I don't have anything else. Are we really not going to talk about Big Vampire Lady? Is that not a thing we're going to talk about? I mean, about? What, what can we contribute to this conversation that has not there's a really There's a really big vampire lady in Resident yeah. Evil and the internet I, freaked out. Yeah, and it I, was really funny. I played that demo and, you know, Big Lady Big. Like, it's... Yeah, she's really big. She's, she's nine big. foot six, apparently. Okay, so. so actually, that's the thing we should talk about. Actually, that's the thing we should talk about is the official fucking statement. Well, they, they released the official height of Big Vampire Lady. Yeah, yeah. like, that, that statement was... The wildest thing. It was, yeah, it was a, it was a real turn in that statement again because it was like it started out as the fairly typical like Japanese developer statement that you would expect, where it's like we are thrilled that people are very excited by Resident Evil so, the Village and blah, so, you blah 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 and all that. Yeah. So also for context, like it was the statement was put out as like text image text on an image yeah it was a stuff, text image on twitter yeah. which if you've been following twitter for the last two three four years that statement that format has two forms of like we apologize for doing something really shitty or yeah something has been canned or delayed or shut down or something along those, like those are the two uses for that statement right yeah so this comes mm-hmm. out and you're like official re games twitter account this statement comes out and you're like, hi, I'm Tomorrow Takano, uh, the art director in Resident Evil Village. You're like, oh fuck, are they, delayed, are they delaying the game again? Like on the day they announced, like, the week after they announced it, like what the fuck is happening? So uh, I want to use this opportunity to publicly reflect on the outpouring of positivity we've received from fans on our latest announcement. As a representative of the development team, we think to thank all the fans who continue to follow us. <laughs> Mostly, <laughs> God... Most recently, Lady Dimitrescu, is that how we're pronouncing it? Dimitrescu, I think is how you pronounce it. Lady Dimitrescu and her daughters have received a fair amount of attention, far more than we anticipated. That's a lie. They know exactly what the fuck they're doing. They know what they're doing, yeah. yeah. It's great that they're able to take the spotlight as icons of Resident Evil Village. Lady Dimitrescu especially has received much fanfare both domestically and overseas, which has made all of us in the development team extremely happy. I hear her height is something of interest. New line, bold text... If you yep. include her hat and high heels, she is 2.9 meters, approximately 9 foot 6 tall. These bewitching vampire characters are relentless in the pursuit of Ethan, and I cannot wait for you to meet them yourselves when you enter Castle, De- Castle Dimitrescu in May. The fact that yep. they put out a statement in this thing going, yo, big lady, big, is she's, so she's big. funny to me. It is it's, it's great. Brilliant. The fact that they actually put out her height. Yeah. It's right. so crazy. I like, like they know exactly what they're doing and why they're doing it, yeah, which is like, fantastic. I remember, I, remember but, um, I think it was the Waypoint podcast I was listening to, where somebody had written into them saying, "Like, do you think 
Um, do you think the um, uh, who the fuck makes this game? Capcom. Do you think Capcom, Capcom. were um, like surprised by all of the fucking weird pornography shit that happened? When Absolutely this came out? fucking not. Absolutely yeah. not. Are you kidding me? They know exactly what they're doing. They know what they're doing. Like yeah. that's. But also, they totally, they totally are doing that. So the other way I thought this was going, like when I started reading this statement, when I realised, like, no, the game's not been delayed, I thought it was going to go down the route of, oh, what please was stop it? making it so fucky. Yes, is that but, the... do you remember who was it? There was just, oh, who was it that put out a game? Was well, it, it not? Was, was it, it not was, Nintendo um, with the whole Bowsette thing? Was it was that, that but also it was Ken Levine in an interview. I remember saying, "Can you please? Oh stop, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you please stop making pornography of Elizabeth?" And yeah, you're like, please stop. Yeah. So I assume. Well, you're fueling the fire now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I assumed that was what the statement was going to be as I continued to read it. It was like, can you please stop making Lady Dimitrescu step on you? Please. Like, yeah. Nope. Here's our height. No, no, they're just like, yeah, you fucking go, guys. Like, got, she's got, nine foot six. Have fun. That's yeah. the... She's exactly nine foot six, which is so. Like, this whole oh, thing. That's like, I'm great. so glad. I'm really, really glad that that's the route they took with this. That like let people be horny on main like do it yeah like, go for it yeah sure fuck but, it like, who cares yeah and then like to follow up and also in this really like not capcom thing they replied to that tweet with the same tweet again but with um descriptive text for screen readers oh so, good so like <laughs> this is the problem with a lot of the companies who put statements out as this text on image style thing is it's completely impossible for people who are visually impaired to read because screen readers yeah. don't work with images right so, but Twitter has this feature where you can post an image and then write the text about describing what the image is for screen readers. And they put they yeah. retweeted the statement. It was like, here it is. We've added it with scripted text for people who need it. And you're just like, great, in, awesome, in, indiscriminate hardiness. Everybody can be horny. Everyone can for be horny. Big vampire lady. Big vampire lady. God, it's so good. It's so so good. Um, I get. I get. I guess quickly, I'll talk about the the fourteen announcement. Um, oh yeah, what is because how does it look? So. It was at like half one in the morning, and we were all on Discord, and like it was, it's all a bit swimmy because it was very early in the morning. But I got through it. Walker is the name of the expansion. They like it. It was a big presentation, as they tend to do with this stuff with um, Yoshi P and his little translator guy that I can never remember the name of. But they just opened it with part of the trailer for the new expansion um, called Endwalker. Yeah. It's supposedly the end of the. Heidel and Zodiac saga, which has been the overarching story for all these expansions. You could just be saying um, words to me at this point. I'd believe you. Sure. I know. I know. I know. But believe me. Um, yeah. It, they obviously haven't shown a lot, but that trailer was really cool. We're going to the moon. Apparently, that's pretty interesting. Um, they showed off one of the two new jobs, which is a healer, which is much needed because there aren't that many healers, and people want a new healer class. Um, called the sage when describing it they used the word gundam a lot because it's styled after gundams really wow yeah because it's it's weapon is like floating crystal guns that look a lot like the funnels that you see on the back of like sun gundams um so they basically yeah and they like point forward and stuff and all move independently it was very weird um looks really cool i don't care because i don't play healers because it's way too stressful um (laughs) But the the people that I trust that talk about healers were like, fuck yeah, like, fucking this is great for us. Um, they're also talking about how they're going to separate healing out into, like, pure healing and barrier-based healing, which is, like, a very typical MMO thing to do, cool. uh, which is fine. They showed off a bunch of the new zones. 
they look cool. There's like a sort of uh, Middle Eastern, mid-Asian sort of styling. So there's like a lot of Indian influence. Uh, it looks pretty, quite cool. It's got a lot of styling to it or Arabic influence as well. Yeah. Uh, what else is there? Can't remember what they announced. They were talking about, they, they said that the new Raid series is a totally original thing. So it's not like a new crossover. Yeah. Um, which would have been cool because we were sitting talking about it and I was like, what else could they do? And someone said Corona Trigger and I got really excited. Um, who makes who makes Nier? Should I think it's a Square Enix published game. It's a Square. So it's, okay, fair. Yeah, I, I was just so thinking, we're thinking like, about what yeah. what other things to Square own, and somebody said Chrono Trigger, and I was like, oh, that would be pretty cool. When I um, read about the Nier Automata dungeon, and I started realizing, raid. oh right, raid. Sorry, uh, I started realizing, like, okay, if Final Fantasy just becomes a place for a bunch of other franchises to do some wild MMO shit, if they don't want to do it themselves, I was like, oh, yeah, who would I who would I get to do that? And just the phrase Asura's Wrath appeared in my head and I couldn't not oh God, yeah. get rid of it. I was like, And Asura's okay. Wrath raid series would be interesting, but nobody played that game is the Yeah, like the seven problem. people know that game. It's oh Yeah. Yeah. You have to think about high profile stuff as well. Yeah, true. Cause because they were also like um they did like a Capcom crossover at some point for Monster Hunter. And oh, they right. were like yeah, yeah. So if Capcom wanted a bit, what would you do for Capcom? And everybody was like, Oh man, what would like a Devil May Cry raid series look like? And right. yeah, it was weird. But yeah, they said it's completely original and it's... Cool. Um, okay. They announced a new trial, like a new primal fight, which is like the fights that you fight the famous summons from throughout Final Fantasy. Gotcha. Uh, and they said it was going to be Anima from oh, 10. Oh, cool. Okay. So that's really cool. That's going to be a really interesting fight. But yeah, it seems super interesting. They're going to talk more about it in May, I think is what they said. Right. But they talk more in depth and they'll give more information about the other new job which is a melee dps class which is right in my wheelhouse cool. so i'm super fascinated to do that as a dragoon main what's the be really interesting what's the business model for that game is it still like by expansions and that's it or is yeah. it monthly by, no by expansions and there's monthly okay subscription as cool. Well. okay um cool by when i came back there was like a massive sale on and i got Shadowbringers for like a tenner right which okay. is ridiculous for the amount of stuff that is in that sure. but yeah it's also as i point out the free trial for for 14 is insane at this right. point yes it is I heard a that. realm reborn and heaven's ward for free and you can take any job to 60 and all the jobs to 60 and that, that is like a lot of content sure. for free is so much stuff but yeah nice um it's cool i'm excited should be cool i'm awesome. excited to see more about it in may um so what games are coming up there's not a lot on the list really for um stuff coming up soon um yeah i don't think games don't really come out for a little bit yet right? no uh, I, I would recommend people go check out uh the steam um demo festival which is out right now oh yeah there's the highlight we'll play a couple games. of those windjammers 2 turns out still pretty good decent windjammers still, windjammers, still fun yeah. yeah and there's some stuff in there that's pretty cool that i recommend people check out also people keep pointing me at this Dyson Sphere game and I was yeah, like yeah you should play that game and I was like what the fuck is this and then it was like oh it's like what if Satisfactory but it was an entire planet I'm like oh because yeah. I fell down in our Satisfactory hole over Christmas or in January really um, I was like oh mm, I could mm, okay sure um, but yes, I, yeah that game, that game you should look at that game that I should a, look at that game that's a game for you yes um, but yeah apart from that I want to finish Medium I want to finish um, something else. Something else on the list. I can't remember what it was. It doesn't matter. Anyway, uh, there, there's there's not a lot. I'll, I'll keep playing fourteen. There's a new season of Destiny that comes out on Tuesday, so I'll talk about. Oh that. right, I forgot yeah. about that new season. Right. Um, yeah. Cool. 
Um, what's coming up on the site? So Game of the Year, I'm hoping if everything goes well that that should start the week you're hearing this. I can't say exactly when because something will happen. So, But hopefully the week you're starting this. We have, obviously because of we couldn't get together, it's all audio, but there will be versions going up on the YouTube channel as well as on this podcast feed. Yes. Um, and then our top fives will also be a podcast, um, which we'll do at the end of once all the stuff's come out, because we'll probably end up talking yeah. about stuff we talked about during the deliberations. So that'll yeah. be at the end. And again, that'll be on podcast and it'll be on the YouTube channel as well. Yep. Um, but we'll, be, we'll keep our normal podcast schedule as well, just because stuff will be happening. So we'll we'll... We'll be doing that in between. As much as we can. Yeah. As much as we can, as much as it makes sense. Um, but yeah, keep an eye on the website, GameEngineStart.com. It's where you'll find all of our videos, articles, and podcasts. They'll be up there. YouTube.com slash GameEngineStart. You subscribe, you get notified when we put new videos up. Uh, we're on Facebook and Twitter. If you search GameEngineStart, you find us there. Podcast at GameEngineStart.com is the email address. Uh, take care, be safe, and enjoy whatever you're playing. And we will see you in two weeks. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.